Can we do a drunk podcast one day? Um, yeah, probably. We're heading that way right now. No, Evan's still sober Jew. Sober Jew. <laughs> He's like, hi, I'm sober Jew. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the IO panel, episode 59, recording on Sunday, May 21st, 2017, in the year of our Lord. With me are my two co-hosts. Well, first of all, I'm Michael, and with me are my two co-hosts, Evan and James. Evan, how are you? Praise Jesus. All right, excellent. He, he is risen, apparently, that's what people say. He he is risen, and like the South, he shall rise again. Correct. Um, and James, how are you? Allah Okay. <laughs> Praise be to Allah. All right. Cool. So, how, so how's everyone alaykum. doing? Salaikum assalam. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you multicultural <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Um, so Evan, how, uh, how have you been? How was your weekend? I understand there's some, some little excitement going on. Um, well, I slept through most of the weekend, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'll tell you, uh, it, it was exciting. I'll tell you what really excited me is, um, I was browsing Reddit early this morning, 7am or so, stumbled upon a link that contained a coupon code to... Uh, Crocs website. We're all familiar with their spectacular footwear. Oh my god! I just so got I, a, sh- I, a shiver. That's <laughs> <laughs> like I was puked a little. <laughs> so I ordered a pair of white classic clog Crocs using this coupon code, which brought the shipped price down to sixteen cents. <laughs> I was pumped. <laughs> Lo and behold. 40 minutes ago, I get an email from customer service saying that my order has been canceled. Are you serious? Yeah. So I will not be... Not be getting 16 cent? Uh, Yeah. Crocs? (laughs) Their true value. (laughs) Like, you couldn't pay me 17 cents to wear them. How about 16? Deal. Yep. Uh, So that was exciting and disappointing. Other than that... Um, went to two concerts this past week. Could have been three, but I didn't feel like taking that much time off of work. Because hmm. I realized that even though, like, going to a concert, the ticket is, say, $30 or 20 bucks, and, you know, pay a little for parking when I get down there. But then I'd basically take a night off of work. So that's, you know, 100 and something, couple hundred, plus the ticket. I have the time, but... It's just something to think about. But I think I'll still keep going to concerts. James, this reminds me. Um, my technique for taking pictures at concerts has changed since you can't really predict, you know, with the light shows and everything. Uh, I just record a video and then use VLC to capture, like, every screenshot or, every, you know, every five frames or something. So 
I saw a bunch of nice cameras there. You have the Pixel, correct? Yeah. Good camera? I like it. It's really good. I um I've taken some I took if you check out my Snapchat or my Instagram, I took a lot of good shots this past weekend and enjoyed I it's a good camera, it's done very well for me. Okay. Because mine's like, I have the Galaxy S5 still, so that's, you know, two and a half years old or something. Mm-hmm. When I got it, I mean, it was already out then. So I think uh, I, mean, I, I think can the, finagle an upgrade. The new Galaxy is really nice. Uh, someone, I I believe, uh, a friend of ours has that, and she likes it a lot. The camera is really nice on it. Um, and then there's another one that has a Carl Zeiss lens. I want to say that might be the Galaxy. I'm not sure though. I thought she said hers had a Gal- had a, had a Carl Zeiss lens, but there's a, there's a few good ones out there. I mean, the Pixel's nice. Don't get me wrong. I like the Google Pixel. It has a lot of weird, like anything made by Google. There's a lot of weird stuff. So I would, before you buy a camera for the phone, buy a phone for the camera. <laughs> make sure the phone's a good phone. <laughs> well, but, I mean, I use my phone for occasional calls and an alarm clock. Yeah, so. but still, you want those. You want all that. All those basic features to work well. Yeah. You know, so, do you have the Pixel or the Pixel XL? I have the Pixel. Uh, okay. Our, another our our Michael and I's mutual friend has the XL, and he he likes it. He likes it a lot. Okay. Um. So yeah, I had a lot of fun at the concerts. James, I think um, you and I went to the this concert at uh, Ramshead Live in two thousand four. It was In Flames. Gojira. There were the yeah. That was that concert. Yeah. So I saw them, I saw the headliners again, they're fucking even better. Actually, it's funny you say that because, uh, uh, wait, you saw In Flames? Yeah, last nice. night, or on Friday night. Nice, nice, nice. Spectacular, I, like I was right up they're, front, uh, fucking they're, awesome. They're a great band. Um, no, it's funny you say that because a friend of our, well, a friend of mine who is out in California, you know, he's a DJ, and I, I gave you his radio station, he was just asking me about Gojira on Thursday. And I said, "Why are you asking me about that?" And he's like, "Oh, they got shows coming up around here, so I guess they, I guess, I guess they must be in town, or I don't know." Yeah, they're I. They must be doing a tour because they're. I believe they are French. Yeah, they're French. But he was just he. I was just. It's very surprising you brought that up because I was like, me and my friend went to go see them. They're awesome. I like Gojira a lot. We In Flames wasn't there that night. We went. Were they? Yeah, they were the headliner. Who wasn't there? Someone didn't show up. Um, Remember, I think it was someone yeah. was supposed to be there and they didn't show up. God, all that remains, matter. I think. Huh? I think it was all that remains. That might be it. Yeah, that might that might be right. Um, but anyway, it was a great it was 2004. Show. Yeah, yeah we had it was a great show. I had a great time. Gojira was a great band. In Flames, awesome band. I had a great time. So, um, glad you got to see them again. That's awesome. Yes. So that was my week, basically. James, how was your week? How was your weekend? Uh, my week was exciting. A lot of stuff going on at work that I can't really talk about. Um, my weekend was good. I got lots of Instagram shots. Uh, so my Instagram looks like a lot's popping off, which is exciting. <laughs> looks like I have a looks like I have a real social life. Looks like I'm a real boy. <laughs> so that's good. Um, my Snapchat's also bumping. So also equally good. 
Um, overall, it was a good. It was a good weekend. You know, we we went to Richmond, Michael and a couple friends and I. So had a great time. That we did. That we did. Went to some breweries. Had some of their fancy beer. Did you find anything ridiculously sour that you had not had before, Mike? Um, I did not find. I mean, I did have some sour beers. Nothing that I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. this is amazing. You know, I mean, there were some that were okay. You know, there. I mean, there were some that were good. I won't say they weren't good. They were good, but nothing that I was like, I got to bring a keg home with this. You know, like <laughs> I'd, I'd say if we learned anything in Richmond is that. Everywhere you go, there are honey babies. Oh, yeah. R- Richmond was a target-rich environment. <laughs> there were bogeys everywhere. Mm-hmm. My missus mm-hmm. were primed and ready to go. And apparently Richmond, like, they have breweries everywhere there. It's like a thing. It's really weird, actually. They're, they're all over the place. Isn't Doesn't that tend to follow the hipster culture you guys kind of mentioned? Yeah. Micro-brews and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Do they have gastro pubs on every corner? If they do, we didn't notice. The, okay. the the breweries were like the breweries like 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 kind of placed like right in the middle of like business office parks and ghettos and stuff. It's kind of I mean I don't say it's kind of strange. It's just I guess it is what it is. You get space where you can, but cheap like, real estate. There was three of them. The one we drove by today, uh, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, before we went, we got the Hardywood, the last one we went to. But there was, you know, there's two in that office park. We passed one. One's called Castle Brewery, and then there was Hardywood. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw that. And both of those were in an office park. It's like, like, or an industrial park, a place where you know you'd be like, I need to pick up parts from my garage door opener from the from the place that makes it. You know what I mean? Like, like a place like that, and then another. And there's one was a in, concrete place. You know, it's like, what are you talking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, another one was an office park, and then another one was like in the hood. You know, like a friend of ours went on a walk. And he's like, "Oh, uh, I didn't realize this was gonna put me in like Beirut, you know." <laughs> so it's it's kind of, I mean, it's all over Richmond, you know. I don't know what that means for the neighborhoods or whatever. They had the whole the beer tour, which two of our friends did, and they got you get enough, you get five stamps, you go to five tour, five breweries, and you get a you get a hat or something. So they did that and got hats. Was transportation provided, or was this no. on one of those like eight person bicycle cars? <laughs> I wish. No, nothing like getting that on the highway and trying to get your easy pass with that going on. <laughs> Sorry, um, we're merging. Drinking. <laughs> Everyone's drinking and trying to pedal. Um, no, we drove into town. As soon as we got into town, we hit the first brewery. Um, that one was... What was that one called, Michael? The very first one. Triple Crossing. Triple Cross. Triple Cross Brewing. And they had mm-hmm. a cinnamon stout, like a cinnamon chocolate stout that was pretty good. Um, then the next one we went to was called The Vale, and that was a few blocks down the road. We stopped at The Vale. They got one beer at The Vale. They didn't have anything for me there. Um, and then we went to the hotel. After the hotel, we dropped off our car, and then we took an Uber to the next two places, which was Strange Ways Brewing Company and The Answer Brew Pub. Uh, the yeah. Answer, I think you would have liked The Answer. Because yeah, that was they, more like a that was more like a restaurant. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there honestly, I wish I, by the time I got there, I was full. You know what I mean? I, I drank so much beer, and we had tacos in the first place. I just couldn't eat. You know what I mean? But they had a my favorite thing to eat in the world is a soft shell crab sandwich, and they had one there. and And our friend of ours saw it, and he said it was huge. And I, I was like, I want that so bad. Like I love. I haven't had a soft shell crab sandwich in like 
seven or eight years, you know, I would love to have one. So I was kind of upset that I missed out on that opportunity. And honestly, they had a lot of stuff on that menu that looked fucking freaking great. Michael, what you you got Bob me, right? You got a Yeah, I got a crazy thing. I got a great. like a like a pork meatball sandwich. Yeah. Nice. Would really it surprise good. you that I've never had soft shell crab in my life? I don't know if you're missing anything, honestly. I think I am. I, I would like to try one. A, it's good in a sandwich. Yeah. But as the crab by itself, just chilling, it's just a fucking crab. I don't know that I've ever had it either, to be just honest. Just a wiggly boy. <laughs> just a wiggly boy. Nothing Dude, special. that makes so much more sense now. It does, right? I was it like, does. how are crabs wiggly? Soft shell crabs, like Zoidberg when he sheds his fucking yeah. exoskeleton. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, wiggly boy. <laughs> so is that awesome. like the snip snap or whatever, James? Yeah, snip snap yeah. boys, not the bork bork doggo. The snip snap <laughs> doggos, not the bork bork doggos. <laughs> yeah, I was getting an education this weekend from uh, from James here on, on utter snap, nonsense. Snip snap doggos are actually scorpions, though. Right. So you wanna you want the snip snap doggos, not the bork bork doggos, or the clip clop doggos, or the <laughs> quack doggos. You know, because they got the neck. They go the next. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sure you can hear. Uh-huh. I'm sure hearing me do that is very exciting <laughs> and very explanatory. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. Michael You're Michael good. got to try a lot of beers. They didn't have. I'm I'm kind of picky with my beer. But Michael tried a lot of stuff. I, I was this a uh, uh, a lengthy tasting, or did anyone get like drunk off of something? Oh, I'm pretty sure everyone got yeah drunk. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we would go there and like get a bunch of like little ones, you know, or you know, get a, or we'd everyone would order at least one thing, and then we'd all kind of be tasting each other's beers, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, that one's good, you know. Yeah, let me. I'll have that one, you know, next or whatever, you know. Okay, yeah, it was and very free form though. It wasn't like, oh, yeah. this is the tasting, and here's a taster's tray. It wasn't like that. Oh, uh, our friend brought a. She did a. She did a charcuterie tray. At uh, Strange Ways, because Strange Ways is kind of bring your own food. So she brought she she brought from Maryland a charcuterie tray, which was pretty awesome. Um, I didn't know what charcuterie was until very recently, <laughs> until like a year ago. But, so siege. Yeah, well, it was a bunch of stuff. She had a bunch of stuff on there, a bunch of cheese. Yeah, it was like three or four kinds of cheeses. Yeah, and, uh, four different kinds of meat, I think she had, and crackers, mm-hmm. and French bread. It was pretty awesome, honestly. That was, that, that was like, kind of good. For, I like that. And foie gras. Oh, yeah. That was good. I've never had that. It hoses the roof of your mouth. You don't want any of that. <laughs> Only you, James. It was, like, full of glass. Might as well be. Anytime I put pate or liver in my mouth, it just immediately starts hurting. Huh. It's like if you ate, like, imagine eating, like, seven bowls of Captain Crunch. Oh. That's how the liver liverwurst or bratwurst or or any of that stuff makes the roof, or pate makes the roof of my mouth feel after just a swallow. It starts tingling, and then, like, if I eat a lot of it, it'll just be destroyed. My day will be fucking ruined. So my cereal does not cut the roof of your mouth. I'll do respect. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You're lying to yourself and others. <laughs> Captain. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Sounds like you guys had a great weekend. Yeah. Uh, it was it was good. It was good. I mean, you know, we you know, we don't we don't get out too much, you know, out mm-hmm. of out of our area here. So uh, yeah, you're homebodies. 
well, homebodies to the area anyway. So it's good to get out, explore a little bit. Um, the hotel we were staying at, which was just, you know, what was it, a quality inn or something? Yeah. Um, it was okay. You know, nothing to write home about. Um, there was like a, a group of bikers there. And it's interesting. They had a mix of cruisers and crotch rockets. Hmm. Um, and one of them we saw inside, he had a, he had a gun in a holster. Excellent. You know, on his, on his waist. It's always shocking when you come out of Maryland where you never would see that and go to Virginia and it's like, yeah, this is a thing and it's fine. And people are just like, okay, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It looked like a Glock. Mm. Really? Not a revolver? Why would it be a revolver? I don't know. I kind of associate biker handguns with uh, being revolvers. And I think if a biker had a gun and it was a revolver, he wouldn't call it a revolver. He'd call it a wheel gun. <laughs> well, Rufus, bring if, my wheel gun out. If it if it makes any difference to your perception, uh, Evan, yeah. the, bikers, the bikers were African-American. Blapples? Blapples. <laughs> yeah, they're blapples. <laughs> exactly. So... I don't know what that means, but there you go. Americans hate revolvers. That's what Michael's trying to say. We love Glocks. Yes. yes. Somehow instantly relevant. <laughs> and makes Correct. All more sense. So much more sense. Well, I would think more like a you know a ZZ Top looking dude probably have a wheel gun and not a. I was expecting to see somebody with a knife, whatever. like like some crazy knife, like Jax Teller. But I did see one guy with a uh, a giant spoon. No, he had one of the <laughs> knives that's like a, it's like a, imagine a push dagger. Okay. You put your finger through it and you can push it in someone's throat or in their chest or whatever. And it's like a large spear on the front, but you take the push dagger and twist it. So it's like a, it looks like a raptor claw. Oh, is like that's that, a, like, uh, yeah. round bit or something? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. It's like a raptor claw with a, with a loop so you could spin it. And he yeah. had one of those in a, in a sheaf, a tiny one, on a sheaf on his arm. And I was like, "There's nothing. That's not for doing anything except for cutting seat belts and slitting throats." You know? Yeah, not so, in that order necessarily. Yeah, maybe slitting throats, then cutting seat belts to remove the corpse. Yeah, you know. Well, but I mean, I, once, if you cut the head clean off, you don't need to cut the seat belt. So yeah. it's a, a choice of efficiency. Very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know, but. I mean, they, 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 they all seem like cool guys, and their, their bikes were cool. Even their, even the, the the cruisers, but I don't like cruisers at all. They were pretty cool. So, Yeah, their bikes did look uh, pretty badass. Uh, most of them had, I mean, they all had helmets. Most of them had not the full helmet, like with the face shield and everything. Like the right. Nazi helmet. But a lot of them had like, yeah, which is basically a Nazi soldier helmet, you know, which is basically the helmet that's like, I'm complying with the law. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So, interesting, interesting. Um, but yeah, it's a good time. Well, excellent. You know what else happened over the weekend, or the week that's also interesting? I bet you didn't. Google I.O. Absolutely. I, I did hear about that. I'm kind of d- disappointed in myself because I didn't, uh, I was slipping. Normally I know what I.O. is, but I totally missed it this time. I totally forgot. I had no idea. I found out sort of like after the first day recap kind of came out. But I guess there was, you know, a several day event 
with various reveals and everything. Hmm. And then? And then? No, and then! <laughs> um, so I put a couple links in the show notes. One is a 16-ish, 15-minute video um, with some of the major talking points. The second is a list of everything that was included. Um broken down into certain sections. Most of it I don't really care about. There's a lot of like AI and machine learning and uh, cloud and Android stuff. Um, a couple interesting things though. Um, Google Lens will allow your... Basically it'll allow... It's kind of like object recognition. So you have it on your phone. You point your camera at say... you know The example they used in the video was pointed at a flower. And it sort of traces around what it thinks is a flower and apparently identifies it. It can do the same with buildings in a city like the Sears Tower or something. If that's, I think that's still a thing. Um, and since it does that, it can also integrate with Google Photos to say if you were, you know, on a trip uh, last year or something, and you, you know, took a picture in front of some in front of the Sears Tower and forgot what it was. It'd be like, oh, that's the Sears Tower. You want to tag this? That kind of thing. So that's pretty cool. Um, Google Assistant is coming to iPhones, which is groundbreaking. Um, is Google I can't Assistant wait. like OK Google? or Yeah. Oh. So I think is the major... I've oh. phone, <laughs> phone in Google Home. <laughs> Cancel. Cancel. Um... I think a lot of people are relatively satisfied with Siri other than it's pretty slow. So maybe you, you'll have uh, another alternative. Uh, Android O is coming out later this year. Apparently that's a good thing. Android um, O? Yes. Show us your O face. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the feature I was most impressed with um, Google Lens, pretty badass in my opinion, but um, proactive notifications. So uh, an example they use in the video is like a guy's getting ready to go to work or something, just come at, came out of the shower getting dressed, and um, Google Home says, that, you know, there's heavy traffic in your area. You have to leave by 8.14 a.m. to arrive at work by 9. So it sort of it can look into your calendar search around your area, see if there's an issue that would, you know, affect travel time or anything like that. And without you asking, it will volunteer that information, just tell you. I think that's pretty awesome. Smart piece of shit. Yeah, that's going to be helpful time. for a lot of people. You know, here's a funny thing. Like, to me, I feel like that was that was a long time coming. And, okay, Google, Google is a big, massive company. That owns a lot of properties and has all these various teams, Google Maps and things like that. But like Maps has known there's traffic for a long time. And my Google account knows where I work and knows what my home is. It can't look at Maps. Why couldn't it look at Maps last year and say it's too far, you know, there's there's traffic. You know, like to me this is like a dumb thing and not like something we should be applauding them for. Like you shouldn't we shouldn't slap these guys on the back for being like, oh, you finally did something that's common sense. You know, I have Google Home. It's garbage. It works like shit. You know, if anybody asks me, I'd be like, go get Alexa. Like, a big waste of money. It's a huge mistake. And the fact that they're, like, like being, they're touting, they're like, we're getting major changes coming to the Google Assistant. The Google Assistant's trash. 
You know, the one that on my phone sort of works okay, but then like you ask it to do something simple like, what are the stocks? You know, it still doesn't work. Even though they claim they did a bunch of fixes to it. You know, it's very upsetting and it's just a huge letdown. You know, I think after this product, I'm done investing energy and money into Google products. I'm just going to buy. And I, and I, you know, I want to be in, I don't want to be in all these disparate other systems, you know, and all these various, like the Amazon silo, the Google silo, the, the, the iPhone silo, you know, I want to have one system that works well for everything, you know, or at least something that can integrate all my life's things together, you know, but all these companies are like, no, we don't want to work with the other ones, you know? So that's the frustrating thing about it. And the Google thing is just, it, it, it seems like they'd be, it'd be the answer to that because my life can be all Google. You know, I have Google Drive, I have Google Home, I've got a Google phone, I've got, you know what I mean? We, I use Google every day, like it knows everything about me and where I want to go and what I'm looking for. But, you know, and I use Google Maps, but it doesn't help. It's like just common sense connections they can't make, you know? And they're supposed to be, it's one thing to expect like, you know, Evan to do that, <laughs> you know? But we're, you know, it's something different to be like, you know, oh, Evan, write this code for me. It might take him years to do that. Like, he'd have to learn it and do it. But a big company like Google has teams of guys who their whole thing is to make better products. And this is, like, stupid. Like, how would you make something like Google Home and you released it? You released it to compete with uh, Alexa. It can barely complete. Like, they, you think they would have learned from Google Buzz and Google Wave and all these other things that you can't just release something to get to market and then half-ass it and then hope people will tolerate like three years of fuckery while you figure out the bugs and add usability. Sorry. I assume they add features by, you know, customer feedback and internal brainstorming meetings. It's, I guess it's possible that this hadn't come up before now, but I do see what you're saying. Like you have all the systems that, that can provide information. There's just no central link to, yeah. Make it useful. And the thing is, this stuff exists. Like, it's not like we're asking for rocket science here. You can go into, like, you could go into, uh, there's APIs for all that stuff. So a gifted programmer could go into, could could do like this, could say, write a piece of, write a centerpiece program that says, okay, you want to go to this, you search for this address. So now go to this address, look for it in Google Maps on the background, find out if there's traffic right now. Okay, traffic from the assumed location, pull the location from your phone where you're at right now because your phone knows where you are and say traffic, there's here to here. Now alert me about traffic. Like that's an obvious, easy thing that someone can do right now because the APIs exist for these things. Like Google's very good with the APIs. So, because they want interoperability. So it's not like, it's not, it's not like we're asking them to do some kind of data analytics here. Like learn how the human brain works before you can, you know, it, it, it exists, but instead right. of integrating it, I don't know what they're doing. Like they, and they have a track record of this, you know, bug fixing maybe, maybe, but I mean, they have a track record of like not doing, giving people what they want. And I think the, the problem is the people in Google are too far removed from the average user. You know, they just have lost touch. Like you have these hyper hyperbolic like fucking mega brains who, you know, they went to go work at Google and they're not regular people. You know? They live in fucking Sunnyvale, California, and they they li- they live and work in that area and they're just not regular individuals. You know? I think they have different, you know, daily lives and different needs out of their products. So Yeah. I agree. 
Well, I believe Android O may be available for your phone. I think Fucking one of my baby. other, one of my, I mean, like now, one of my friends in uh, uh, Denmark, I think, has a a Pixel or another Google phone, and was posting a, a screenshot or something that um, it was available for his phone to update, like two days ago. But regardless, whenever you do update, and if you start using these features, please uh, report back on whether it's a generally positive experience or not. Well, the problem with Android, the problem with anything like this, any major update to these OSs is Verizon. You know. Mm, yeah. So. So is there? Is it? Uh, so you have the Google Pixel, and it's still got like Verizon stuff, or I mean, I know they they sort of control the rollout of updates, right? Yeah, that's the problem. They roll out of updates. It doesn't have any uh, Verizon stuff on it. I mean, that my, my phone's like pretty clean when it comes to that. There's no Verizon applets or junk on it, but um, I don't know. It's pretty, you know. We'll see. Okay. That's all I had to say about Google I.O. TensorFlow is a cool name. It is. And apparently that's like, that's what AI is. Yeah. That's their AI, like their AI it's like a whole platform programming or something. language or whatever. Yeah. They developed some, some more custom hardware for that. And they're uh, letting students or universities use like a hundred or a thousand uh, nodes of it for free research and development. But plenty more stuff in the video and uh, list. Check it out if you're interested. Should we talk about some okay. Stephen Fry? Yeah, so... One of my favorite um, people in the whole world. So the only reason I stuck this in here is, well, two reasons. So obviously because I know you're partial to Mr. Fry. I am. Um, and I'm... At a loss for who the hell he is. No, no, no. No, I, I like him too, although I'm less familiar with his with his work. Mm-hmm. But um, the only reason I, I put this in here is because we, last week we were talking about how someone in, uh, or was it, Indonesia? Right. Who was put on trial and convicted of blasphemy. So, Stephen Fry, he wasn't put on trial or anything, but they were investigating him for blasphemy mm-hmm. in the Republic of Ireland. Was he talking shit about the Pope or something? Um, or just saying that God, like, how could such a cruel God exist? He's done good interviews yeah, about religion like in the past. It's kind of like that. He says they, he described God as capricious, mean-minded, stupid, and an utter maniac. Yeah. I tell you, the vocabulary this guy has is astonishing. It's the envy of every English-speaking person on the planet, I'm sure. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, those British British people, man, they're they're clever. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're the uh, they're the patient zeros of the the language. So <laughs> they got the home court advantage, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, the, it turns out, so they, the British, or the, I'm sorry, not the British, the Irish police um, investigated him, and they, and they dropped it. Um, because, they said because 
not enough people had been outraged by Mr. Fry's remarks. Yeah, yeah like two people. <laughs> yeah, who gives a shit about this? Yeah. It's dumb. I'm pretty sure the UK has it like leads the world in people who don't believe in a god. At, they're like seventy percent no. Hmm. I see. Well, like I said, this is actually in the Republic of Ireland, which is technically not part of the part. Pardon UK. me. Pardon but, me for but my yeah. ignorance. But no, it's kind all sir. it's all in the same place. You know, obviously. Hey, so. Do, so, so they can actually do that in Ireland. I don't think it would stand up in court if it or went that like far. A blasphemy probe is that a thing? Well, uh, the law says. Let's see. What does the law say? It says under the law it is illegal to use words that are grossly abusive or insulting in relation to matters sacred to any religion, thereby intentionally causing outrage among a substantial uh, number of adherents of that religion. Uh, oh, so it's snowflakes. Yeah, special snowflakes. Like a bunch of sensitive people. Yeah. <clears throat> gotcha. But that's interesting. It says among a substantial number of adherents to that religion. So that's why they're like, eh. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an interesting law, though. People have been saying this, but but you know I've heard comedians say this before about, or like in movies and stuff they said this about like God or the deity, some whatever deity you believe in, that you know they're like anybody, any god who could make this world is probably some kind of a sociopath or psychopath, mm-hmm. because people are fucking horrible and the world is like. Get fucked every time he gets a chance. You know what I mean? So, I liked it uh, when Ricky Gervais was being interviewed, and you know the interviewer was like, "How can you not believe in in God?" He was like, "I don't believe in three thousand gods. You don't believe in two thousand nine hundred ninety nine gods. We're not that different." Yeah, there you go. Huh? You know, you know what's funny, Evan? I sometimes get Ricky Gervais and. Stephen Fry mixed up. Really? Yes. I don't think they're at all similar. I mean, they're both British, but... You're Britishist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm prejudiced. Yeah, you think all British people are the same, and I am in the same club with you, actually. Oh, man. (laughs) Let's see, Ricky Gervais. He's a little bit younger. Ricky Gervais. There's an S on his name. It's a French name. And an S on his It chest. is a British person. I don't care. Just like, what's the, what's, how do you pronounce, we've talked about this before, how do you pronounce <laughs> the frozen pizza that is like, it's not delivery, it's... DiGiorno? DiGiorno? Yeah. I guess, okay. I don't know. DiGiorno? I don't know. My mom. Oh my God, what did she say? Who, tell me, tell who me. Is, who is often the, the enthusiast for authentic speech. Even though it's, I'm sure it's an entirely American company, would say DiGiorno. Oh boy. Oh yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks, mom. I know you don't listen, but thanks. <laughs> I know you don't listen, but thanks. Nice. So, yeah. So there you go. So he's safe, Evan. Don't worry. I I know he's safe. Okay. He's a national treasure. <laughs> Nicholas Cage would have got him in a minute. <laughs> oh, what a horrible movie. Um, you know they're great. <laughs> so next, um, just want to mention, okay, we know we heard the news that uh, Chris Cornell 
died. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he committed suicide. From the reports yeah. I've seen, surprisingly, I don't care. That's um, okay. He and I was like Chris Cornell. He was I like 50, his music. fifty-two years old. He had a wife and two kids. What happened? Did he suddenly lose all his money and decide to become like us? And then he realized he couldn't bear it, so he just killed himself. He couldn't stand being a normie. Or was being rich and a music god and being adored by millions too much for him to bear? It's too much pressure. And having basically all your problems are only solved by, like, I have money. I don't soft. know. I don't think there was any mention of a suicide note or any explanation. Butter soft. Hopefully, <laughs> I mean, that's wrong. I don't know. Not hopefully, but I mean, I hope that he didn't kill himself. I hope there's some kind of fucking shit behind it. Well, he was found, I believe the coroner's report pronounced him dead by hanging, so he hung himself. Maybe somebody hung him. People used to get hung back in the day, you know. But, well, I think See, there there is a history of that in this country. Well, James, I think, I think uh, notwithstanding your, your critique of Mr. Cornell, um... You know, he's probably suffering from depression or something, and that is a a mental disease that obviously can... Dude, it's so, it's so old hat, musicians killing themselves. Could have had especially, a kale shake and done some squats. Especially, yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. I mean, I get it. People's depressed, they're hard, their lives are hard and stuff. I guess because I don't have a lot of problems with that, I can't really identify with them. So I know people are going to be solved. Like, if we had fans like this, which I know we don't, all our fans are savages. But if we had fans like this, then they would know. They would say, oh, James, you're not fucking, like, you're not empathetic to people with real mental problems. But I know people with real mental problems, you know? Like, I know I know soldiers who have tons of bodies on them, and they're just, like, can't fucking sleep at night. You know, they've killed men in war and seen people killed in war. You know, and they make it through every day. So I don't have any fucking patience for Chris Cornell and his rich guy problems. I have a question. Yeah. Was he, in fact, in a contract dispute with the New England Patriots? (laughs) That's the other excuse. At least that guy had a legitimate reason. See, you know what? I respect that guy's fucking killing himself. I respect the fuck out of that. He did it for his family. Well, no, not only that, because... There's a John Wayne-esque code of honor to what he did. He was like, you know, it's like one of those old movies you see where, like, the guy wrongs the lord of the castle. Like, the samurai wrongs his fucking shogun. And the shogun's like, come here and give me your fucking life. And the guy's like, yes, sir. And he comes and does it. You know? This guy, basically, it's not the same situation, obviously. But this guy, he's like, I fucked up. I'm in jail. My life's fucking over. He said, I need to get money for my family. I'm going to do what I have to do. And he killed himself. You know? At least one time in his life, he wasn't a piece of shit. He took care of someone other than himself. You know, he looked down the road. He had a little foresight, and he realized, I'm going to take care of my family. So, you know what? He's a piece of shit, no doubt. But I ain't mad at him. You know? Chris Cornell, and I was thinking about this. When we were talking about this earlier in the car, Michael, I was thinking about this as I was driving. I was like, you know what? Being able to kill yourself is a rich guy's thing. Because... He doesn't have to worry about his insurance not paying out. Because he's rich. I was like, I can't afford to kill myself. If I kill myself, then the people I love won't get any money. Hmm. You know what I mean? Think about it that way. Yeah, if but you're then rich, you'd be dead, so. Huh? But you'd be dead. 
Yeah, so but it's still, I mean, I, I would like to think that I leave some kind of legacy other than, like, debt, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, because if you're going to leave something, don't leave debt. <laughs> don't be a further burden. Like, they had to bury your big ass. Then they had to fucking get, like, six fucking other guys to carry your fat ass somewhere. Now, now they got to fucking pay your bills, too? Come on. That's horrible. <laughs> you know? At least leave them with no debt. Hmm. Well, for anyone who doesn't know, he was in the band Soundgarden, mm-hmm. and he was also in the band Audio Slave. Yeah, and I think he was in another band or two. He but... covered the guy, the other guy who killed himself. See, now as much as you get Ricky Gervais and Stephen Fry confused, I get Chris Cornell and Scott. Uh, what's his face confused? Stab. No, the other one. Wyland, Whalen, yes, Scott Wyland. Well, he who was also dead. He took over for Scott Whalen in that yeah. band. Who well, did? they they switched places in Audio Slave, I think. No, but there was another. What's that song? Um, he sung. It's not Audio Slave, man. I wish fucking JC was here. He switched places. He took over when that guy died. Mm-hmm. He took over when that guy died for one hour. Oh, um, fuck. Velvet Revolver. No. No? No. Uh, I'll look it up. I'll see. Michael's probably okay. looking it up already. But No, no. Um, The only other thing I'll mention... Well, the only other one I wanted to mention was Powers Booth died. Huh? See, that's so that's an actor. Guy. That's an actor. He was 68 years old. He? he 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 yes powers booth sounds like a woman's name no it's a pretty boss ass name for a boss ass looking dude this if you pull up a picture of this guy he looks like fucking sam elliott powers huh okay he was in tombstone oh that guy yeah he was to me he's a that guy he's in sin city as senator rourke um, it was in what was he in Deadwood or something? Yeah, he was in Deadwood. So I'm sure nice. a lot of people have seen that. That was a show on HBO. So yeah, his yeah. face is familiar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. He's a that guy. You're right. You're not wrong. So yeah, so he died a few days uh, before. Chris Cornell. Was he overshadowed? <laughs> well, you know, the unfortunately, the life of a, that guy is, um, well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, relegated to relative ob- uh, obscurity compared to... But he was in uh, tons of movies. Lord. He's somebody. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, more so than power. I mean, what's it called? I think. He's been around forever, and he's a dude. He's been in so many fucking films; it's crazy. I was mm-hmm. watched. I watched. Uh, I watched Agents of Shield. And yeah, he was in a few episodes of that, right? Yeah, and at the end of the last episode, they said to our friend Powers Booth, and I was that's how I found that he died, and I was like, holy shit! Hmm. You know, I mean, that guy's he's been in everything. I mean, he's a massive star. Like he couldn't. I mean, I guarantee you couldn't walk in a street. People like, oh, who's that? Because he's when he he's a that guy. He's got that face. So you're like, oh, I know him. He's been in stuff. You don't know. We what. are friends. 
you're like maybe several episodes of the A team, but you know, <laughs> I know him. And surely at least one law and order. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So James, any idea on the uh, Cornell front there? You know, mm-hmm. I'm looking and I don't see it, but he was he subbed in for the guy who killed him, who guy who died from drug drug addiction. And I can't think of the band name. Um, well, the original band is Stone Temple Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots, that's it. Yeah. So that okay. guy Scott Weiling died, and Chris Cornell subbed in for him for like one or two years or something like that, or one album or something like that. Mm. You know, that's how I found out who Chris Cornell was, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know what I mean? And I yeah. mean, Chris Cornell's—he's epic. He's got a great voice. You know what I mean? He's—he's he's a prolific person in the music industry. I just—I can't muster any sympathy for somebody who kills himself. I'm sorry. Whether you're sick in the head or not, he's rich enough to get help. And if the people in his life couldn't help him and he couldn't see, I mean, he's fucking tweeting up to fucking like four days ago. Glad to be back in the Rock City, blah, blah, blah. I mean, come on, man. You know, he's got to know better. And especially in the music industry, man, you, there's so many troubled people in the music industry. So it's, it can't be new to him. I mean, he's 52 years old and he was a rock in the, in the community. I mean, I'm going to be 40 this year. You know, and I've been through a lot of stuff in my life, and I've yet to run anything that made me kill myself. And if you're rich and you have money, then it's like, okay, I can probably figure out a way to make it out. Like, right. sure, you'd have a new batch of problems with money, but most of the, you know, most stuff could be solved with more money, you know, or a little <laughs> thought or bringing the right person on to help you figure it out. Go buy yourself some more money. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, it's he's a loss music-wise, but I don't feel bad for him at all, and I'm not going to fucking cry or go put flowers at his fucking doorstep. Like, I don't give a shit, because real people are dying out there, and it's not from fucking pussing out on life. You know, real people have fucking problems. You yeah, heard it here, here first, folks. Yep. Real people have problems. Fuck Chris Cornell. Fuck his legacy. Sorry, man. Everyone dies. No, I'm was, kidding. Was, <laughs> dude, your kids aren't going to know who the fuck he is. I barely know who he is. Guess what? They'll know who Powers Booth is. They'll see his work. <laughs> they'll be like, who is that guy? Uh-huh. Let's all know him. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, I'm going to move on here to a couple of things in the uh, Stranger Danger here. So I saw this story. This is interesting. Google is adding a um, malware scanner onto every Android device. And it's a behavior-based malware scanner. So another word for that is heuristics. It's a good word. It's, you know, as opposed to signature-based. So it's going to look at the, I mean, exactly what it says, you know, the behavior of the, of what's going on on your phone and, try to protect you. It's actually called Google Play Protect. Nice. Yeah. So, that looks interesting. So, they obviously they recognize the need for that on mobile devices. Mhm. Cuz just like a normal computer, these things can be a vector. Sorry. Yeah. Talk about lazy. They still haven't. They still have not updated Chris Cornell's website at all. Maybe he had the only login credentials. Ugh. I doubt that. <laughs> he must have people. He probably didn't even know he had a website. Yeah. 
Yeah, he didn't even they haven't even updated the website. The website is you can still go buy Soundgarden tickets for Colorado for Houston, Texas. Fucking mm. stupid. That's just poor. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's fine. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that if you have an Android phone. Probably not a bad idea to pick up the uh, the Google Play Protect. Um. Next up, so last week we were talking about the Wanna Cry or Wanna Crypt, mm-hmm. uh, the the ransomware. <laughs> um, some security re- researchers though they um they've created a tool so you can decrypt your files without the need to pay. So they figured out a way. There's a flaw in the way that the Wanna Cry ransomware encrypts your files and then so it encrypts your files it deletes the key, the local copy of the keys so that's why you need to pay them because they have the keys but apparently it doesn't delete another piece of data that's originally used to generate the keys so this thing that they've called want a key can try to recover that data and then use the data to generate the keys again. And there's actually a couple, yeah, there's a couple different versions. Um, there's one a key, which only works on Windows XP. But there's another tool now called Wanna Kiwi. It works Windows XP up to Windows 7. Nice. We're, now, I know the majority of systems affected were Windows 7. Was uh, Windows 10 like subject to this it was updated I, I forget. A, little, a, a little while ago okay right, right well windows 7 was updated too in uh in march so this is this only affects people if they haven't been updating or if they're they're running an old ass os you know like windows xp <clears throat> yeah so <clears throat> um yeah actually you know when it when it originally happened though I did not see that Windows 10 was one of the affected OSs, although it's very possible that it was. Well, you know what that means. Microsoft has finally made a completely secure operating system. Yeah, right. Close up shop. We're all done here. Stranger <laughs> Danger, this is the last uh, episode of Stranger <laughs> Danger. Yeah, we're going to remove, take this off the, the schedule here. We're going to call it Mac Stranger Danger now. We're going to focus only on Mac flaws and bugs. We'll be doing an episode once every six months. <laughs> yeah, right. And the uh, simple fix, buy a new Mac. That's right. Only seven grand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, related to this whole wanna cry, wanna crypt thing, um, Microsoft... <clears throat> There's the the president of Microsoft. His name is Brad Smith. He was um, he was talking about this whole thing, and so there's a in this article that I that I linked to here on NPR.org. They um, there's he says there's a couple things he says. The first thing is like simple maintenance would solve a lot of problems. Duh. So patch your shit and keep it patched. You know, mm-hmm. the other thing he said, which is interesting, he says they're they're calling for a digital Geneva Convention, and what they mean by that is 
Um, agencies you can't torture your computers. Well, no. I mean, it's it would be something that would make governments, you know, not do the hoarding of exploits and stuff. Ah, uh, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like just just like the UN, you know, every government would probably mostly comply except for us because we're better than that. Right. We are, exactly. We don't. Our, the rules do not matter to us. Like, like they're saying, you know, under, if they did something like this, then an agency like the NSA would have would have a requirement to report vulnerabilities that they find to software makers. Yeah, that's the thing. This is they knew about this, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. This is all because the stuff was leaked. You know, these vulnerabilities were leaked. Yeah. So that was from the NSA. I want to know how these things are still leaking from the NSA. Probably because someone in the NSA is like, man, this is wrong. There's a Snowden in there. He's just better at it than Snowden was. <laughs> like, Snowden had to run. This guy's like, he's good. Like, he's he's hiding. He's he's embedded. Yeah. <laughs> he's good. Or he's very high up there. Yeah, could be. So, interesting. Interesting. I mean, this is all just talk, you know. So... I like you guys said. I doubt. I highly doubt the U.S. would be like, "Yeah, that's a great idea." You know, they're probably like, "Nah." Yeah, you know, you say yes, but then do whatever the fuck you want, anyways. Right. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, Evan, let's go on to some. uh, Sorry, sorry, Mike. Before you leave that, go ahead. Um, I always complain. By the way, guys, everyone who's listening, I always complain about the length of the shows. But I'm always the one who makes every topic longer by commenting. Um, so that said, let me make a comment really quickly. Um, forget about engaging the countries, okay? I feel like a major problem with the way that updates happen now is that if a person doesn't update their computer, they always end up having a major update that makes them have it to reboot. And then it takes forever. And then... Like, when they log into Windows, it's like, you know, everything's slow, and then they get this blue screen, and they can't do anything, and it's like, we're updating your machine, please wait. And people always just fucking reboot the computer, because updating has no value to them. Like, people haven't... Microsoft needs to do better educational-wise to tie in, excuse me, to tie in the value of, like, updating your computer and not getting WannaCry, because everyone knows about this virus shit. Even if they put out a video like you would have at your office saying, hey... Here's why you like when you get your computer. Here's why you update your computer, you know. And they made an effort to connect people with a community instead of just saying selling computers like fucking crackerjack boxes and then assuming people are going to do their due diligence. Most people think a computer's a fucking dishwasher, you know. They don't know that you need to update and they don't care, you know. They're like everything's fine now. Why do I have to update? You know, it has no value to them. They don't all have IT guys who work for them and live in their house and stuff like that. You know, for every person like our moms, there's a million other people who are like, who gives a fuck? You know, and that's how these things are getting proliferated. So I feel like Microsoft start, you know, start in your fucking house before you go complaining about the NSA, because the NSA is always going to do what it's going to do. There's always going to be somebody. If it wasn't the NSA, it's France or fucking Germany or North Korea or wherever. Someone's going to be hoarding exploits and they're not going to give a fuck about whether Microsoft, HP and Intel all get together and talk. In in all fairness to Microsoft, um, with the latest version of Windows, especially Windows 10, I mean this thing, it's it's updating itself. You know, 
yeah, it's very yeah, hard to. It is. It is. You know, it's like, but, yo, bro, we're we're doing this, all right? No, but you know, here's the thing: the update it does do that. But I have machines at work who I've got a guy's computer sitting on my desk right now at work who you boot his computer, it's like updating, then it's like failure, reboot to update, and it's just it's in a perpetual loop. It's in that loop because when it was doing a major update, he kept rebooting the machine and he broke it. You know, he broke the update. So, and this is a work computer. That means people with their home computers are still doing it. You know, you can't take aggressive action on people's computers and freeze them out of using it and say, we're updating, that's what's happening, bitch, and give them no value for that action. You know, people have to be able to connect the process of doing this simple update, you know, and then whatever, and, and connect it with a valuable action before, otherwise it doesn't make sense to them. They don't care. They're like, this is keeping me from fucking Farmville and Facebook. I need to get in a computer. I'm going to reboot this till it stops. You know? Mm-hmm. I know there are a couple of Linux distributions that sort of do, like, live kernel patching or sort of rolling updates, like OpenSUSE, Tumbleweed or something. Like, you always have a, you know, current, you know, almost to the minute version of the operating system and uh, Mike, were you saying a while ago that Oracle Linux is has a uh, live kernel patching now, so you don't have to reboot for that, or was that another distribution? No, uh, Oracle Linux does that is an option, although you have to pay for it. You know. Okay. Um. So. I wonder if Microsoft will ever do something similar. Live kernel patching. Woo! So where like you don't. It's the future, you, man don't have to reboot to get updates anymore. That would be ideal. Bash today, live kernel patching tomorrow. We never yeah. know. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, when I uh when I update my iPhone, whether I'm updating just an individual app itself or if I'm updating the OS, man, that thing is the easiest thing and the best the best experience, honestly. Cuz Let's say I I update uh, the Google Chrome browser on my iPhone. Okay, so my Chrome browser has many tabs open in it. Many, many tabs. Uh-huh. I can update the app. It's, it says, okay, it's updated. And then reopen Chrome and everything's still there. No problem, right? I now have the same on mine. We're starting to get there on Windows computers, too. Like, and, and, you know, Mac, whatever, because you can tell the browser itself, save everything, right? Mm-hmm. You know, say, you know, remember everything the way it was. Um, but the iPhone, it makes, it does all that stuff, you know, it, that's just how it works it's by default. And then I even did an OS update on the phone and it came back and all the apps that were running in the background are now back running in the background again after it reboots and everything and you know all the data is still there everything all that spyware just starts itself back up again right <laughs> yeah exactly so they can you know it can be done it's just got to i don't know got to stick it to them yeah, is gotta, Windows 10 still sort is is it um, sort of becoming its own unique operating system, or is it still like a patchwork of different programs and processes? You know, dating back to like NT4. 
Oh, well, I mean, it does still have, obviously, its its roots, you know, in in past OSs, but with, with, I know it doesn't seem like it, but a lot of times when they release a new OS, they do completely redo some parts of it. Right. So, like, like for instance, when they went from XP to Vista, they completely rewrote the, the like, networking stack. Mm, okay. Like, like none of that is old code, you know, it's like, it's all new. And so from, so, so from Vista and up, we have the newer stack compared to XP and below, you know? I wonder if that was to sort of force or, you know, because of the forcing of IPv6, that whole issue, was that around then? Um, sort of, although like, Windows... We're XP, definitely running out. Windows XP has IPv6 support, but I forget if you have to install it later or something. Okay. Um... But, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know the specifics on Windows 10, but I'm sure that, you know, other parts have been rewritten. Now, has every single piece been been rewritten? Probably not. Right. But, like I said, you know, from Vista, from XP to Vista, they rewrote this. Then maybe from Vista to 7, they rewrote that. And so on and so on, you know, to try to tackle what they can. And of course, now this thing is just getting rolling updates all the time. Mm-hmm. So, like now, the latest one is what is it, James? The creators update? Yeah. Oh yeah. Have you gotten that yet? Yeah. Yeah. See, I haven't gotten it yet. I got it, and then computers at my job are kind of it's kind of rolling in over time. It's a pretty big one though, so mm-hmm. it's easy for people to just be like, nope, 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 nope. You notice any any difference? No, I mean it's the same. Not to any of the things I use, there is a difference. I mean, we talked about it before, I think, on the show, but yeah, it's not to anything that I use regularly. And and there's mm-hmm. just some 3D stuff that I wanted to play with and I haven't gotten to play with yet. So I oh, okay. tried. I forgot it was even on here. Well, we'll have to have you do that and report back. Yep. All right. Well, move on to a little Cefi. Yeah, I I really wanted to talk about. Really, the second one, but they're okay. both they're both interesting. I made some some pros and cons a mm-hmm. short list for uh, for the second one. Okay. Uh, the first one uh, you'll find the link in the show notes to the Orville. It's a sort of comedy Star Trek parody by Seth MacFarlane, as we all know from American Dad, Family Guy, many funny things. Um, Ted, Ted Two, yeah. So I think it's it's I don't think it's gonna last very long, <laughs> but it looks funny. So it's, it a new, it's a new TV show. Yeah, it has the feeling of the movie he did not long ago, <clears throat> or <clears throat> excuse me, a few years ago called Ten Thousand Ways to Die in the West." Mm-hmm. If you guys remember that, yeah, and that's it's that kind feeling. of like comedy, like almost slapstick. Um, I've never actually know, seen that movie. Comedy. It's okay. I, it's worth a watch if you're really bored. Yeah, it's, um, not. <clears throat> it's not. You don't think so? It's a, no, I think you summed it up perfectly. It's worth a watch if you're bored. Yeah. Which is not say good things about the film. Yeah. My favorite line, I've probably said it to you guys before, Seth MacFarlane lives with his parents in like, you know, a one room farmhouse, you know, in the Wild West. So he comes home and his dad's sitting there like whittling in a, in a rocking chair. And he says, you're late. And Seth MacFarlane says, for what? And his dad says, fair enough. <laughs> this is nothing to do. So I think that 
And and this is the same thing I feel about. Well, Evan, are you done? Let me let you finish before I. I had just that. a couple more things. I think it's funny that um, instead of having one captain, he's like kind of condemned or sentenced to captaining this ship with his ex-wife. So they're like co-captains, and they they have the captain's chair sitting right next to each other on the bridge. I think that's pretty funny. Um, and the last part of the the clip on the preview. Where they were talking to like the krill alien race on the view screen, but he's off center. He's like, "Can you take like two steps to your right? You're just uneven there." He's like, "What?" Yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> but you, know, you can go ahead now. Oh yeah, so that was probably my favorite scene in the trailer, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So here's the thing about Seth MacFarlane, right? His Family Guy's funny. Because Seth MacFarlane and a team of a bunch of other comedians and writers assemble a good show. And they turn what should be three funny gags per show into a half an hour of wonderful. His movie was bad for the same reason. You know, but in the reverse. It was basically a movie written by Seth MacFarlane where it had a bunch of funny gags in an hour and a half period. And then a bunch of really just horrible ones, like dumb ones that are just dumb. Like mm-hmm. they don't they don't fall correctly. The timing's not right. It's just they're they're just not good. You know, like he's very good at one type of humor, and any other time, if it's not right, it's just not right. And the same thing, I saw the same thing here with the Orville. Like there's some scenes in it that are just funny, and the other scenes are just like this is dumb. Because I hate to say this, but there's something about his fucking face. <laughs> he cannot deliver the jokes to me. You know, like certain jokes work because he has this like innocent goofball thing going on, but then his face almost looks like manufactured like plastic. You know, right. like it's just too plain, I guess. I can't even explain it. It's just a plain ass face. Just want to smash it in. Well, <laughs> it just doesn't work for some of the jokes. He just doesn't have the right facial shit to deliver the jokes properly. Like sometimes jokes are just like there's a whole thing that has to go on. So when I saw him in the movie in 10,000 Ways Down the West, I was just like, it doesn't work. Some of the jokes just fall flat, and they should be funny, but they're not funny. Um, and it's the same thing here. In the trailer, some of the jokes just fall flat to me. I mean, I was, um, some of them are good. Like that one at the end, I thought that was something like that all of us would think about. Like the three of us, we would be talking <laughs> and think, what if you did this in a TV show? And it was like if we said that and then try to build a whole TV show based on that. And, it, of course, it'd have one funny-ass joke per show and then a bunch of other shit ones for another half an hour. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. We're going to see. I'll watch it, but it's it's not going to last long. I'll give it a season, if even yeah, that. You know? probably. Maybe two. It depends who's funding it. I mean, if he's paying for everything, he'll just do it as long as he wants to. If it gets better, then great. But I doubt it will get better, honestly. You know? Do we know when this is coming out? I did not look. So I guess the short answer is no, I don't know. If it can get past the first season, I think it'll get better. It could. I mean, and maybe it won't be like Family Guy. That that was dumb. I was going to say it could be like Family Guy, get canceled and brought back. No. If it gets canceled, it's gone for good. Yeah, it's gone. Hmm. Speaking of getting canceled, Star Trek Discovery... Mm-hmm. Is not canceled, but I also don't think it will last very long, unless it can capture the same sort of fandom as uh, Battlestar Galactica had. And I only co- I compare it to Battlestar Galactica just because of the cinematography. 
it's got that sort of and I could be wrong, but I think Battlestar Galactica kind of pioneered that like tilted camera angle um you know, making you feel kind of small in a giant space uh kind of, you know, cinematic feel, overexposed lights, lens flares, stuff like that. So the trailer and you know, it's really all we have to go by right now. It looks like a movie. And yeah, I don't know of any does. other like popular TV shows that look like a movie other than maybe Battlestar Galactica. I want maybe, to know how quickly maybe Great Game of Thrones does, I don't know. I don't think so. No, it doesn't. It looks like a TV show. It looks like hmm. it looks like a it looks like a period TV show. Yeah. Just so um grander. I did like a couple things about the trailer, a couple parallels when um well, the opening scene has like the first officer and the captain walking through a desert. That reminded me of the one episode of Next Generation, where Captain Picard and uh, Wesley Crusher got like stranded on some desert planet with a drunk uh, shuttle pilot. Yeah, that's a good and one. Yeah, and um, they're like, well, "How can we navigate?" He's like, "Well, we're going to those mountains." Um, the second part, just after that, was in the first officer talking to the captain. They're both female, if that matters. It doesn't. Um, She's like, you've been under my command for eight years. It's time you got your own ship, which I thought was kind of reminiscent of the several times when Captain Picard in The Next Generation was, like, pushing uh, Commander Riker to take his own command, but he didn't want to leave. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I think the Klingons look cool. I'm glad they brought those back, although... This is supposed to be before Star Trek Enterprise. So did they... I guess they didn't really know much about the Klingons at that point. They they mentioned them a couple times, but they were like, you know, communications are rare and we don't actually know what they're saying fully. So I like that they brought the Klingons back, kind of following up on the last movie. They showed some... They had some Klingons in, in the last Star Trek movie. Or not the last one. The one before? The one with Benedict Cumberbatch. Con! With him. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I liked is the transporter beam. Instead of being like a DNA strand kind of circling around, it looked like it broke up the pattern into cubes or like um, like a grid shape, which kind of makes sense to me. Like, you know, analyze each grid separately in a in an even piece and process it, you know. I don't know shit about transporters or Heisenberg compensators, but it's just something I notice. I'm excited. Yeah. Physically um, or mentally? Mentally. Okay. I. <laughs> the show does look promising. I. I don't know though. The whole thing where they're gonna, they're like, yeah, we're gonna. If they're still doing it, I'm assuming they're still gonna do the. Basically, it's only gonna be available online. Yeah, first episode on TV, and then the rest is like TV web series. Mm-hmm. But once yeah. again, I mean, I think it's they're shooting it like a movie. I think, which you know, maybe maybe they're sort of overemphasizing that in the trailer, like they do with game trailers. It's like that's really not actual game footage most of the time. Looks great, but that's not what the game's going to look like. So maybe this won't look like a movie, but. The one line that the weird fish face guy had is like, my species was bred to 
detect death. And right. uh, it's here. Like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's halfway magic. through an hour and a half Star Trek movie. This is magic. That, oh, finish. No, that, that's all I had to say. Another thing that's interesting, and I'm not sure if I approve of this or not, but maybe it's maybe it's a popular thing now that they're doing after TV shows. They have another TV show that follows it that they talk about what happened. Oh yeah, like they do that on The Walking Dead. They have the Talking Dead. They're gonna have Talking Trek. That's there. That's presumptuous of them to think that this is gonna be that popular. I don't think it will be. Is Will Wheaton gonna be there? I don't know. That'd or is like win. Gene Roddenberry's son going to be there or something? Otherwise, it's hosted by Scott Bakula. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome, actually. That'd be a show <laughs> that they should have just done. They should have just continued his show. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, oh, I meant to mention, um, I recently rewatched a lot of Star Trek Enterprise, and... Seth MacFarlane is in at least two episodes mm-hmm. as kind of a random ensign or something. Yeah, that's right. I guess he is. I feel like I remember seeing him in there. Yeah. So he's obviously a, a Star Trek fan, you yeah. know, and so that's why he's doing that show. But he had to make it wacky or whatever. So so um, I saw the trailer. I got the goosebumps. But the trailer... I hate to say this, but my gut feeling was the trailer, it's off. There's something off about it. Um, so this, this, this thing has been plagued with problems. They basically shit this trailer out. Like, they just fired it out. Like, they took the cast and crew, ran behind the building, dropped their drawers, and fucking just shat on the wall, scraped it with a sponge thing into a fucking box, and said, here's the trailer. Because they... And I don't mean it's because it's a bad trailer. I mean because it's a fast trailer. Because... A month ago, they were like, we don't know who's going to be in this thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's what that's. And the two months ago or three or four, three, four months ago, the the guy who was like really excited about doing Star Trek left the show. He's like, I can't work with CBS. They want to take control. They want to just reboot the whole thing and break the canon and go off on a left field and make something to spec some fancy, fanciful thing and totally re-envision the whole universe. And. I think that the new Star Trek movie series did enough re-envisioning for everybody. You know, it's barely palatable. The only reason it's palatable because in the first one they did a good job of saying, oh, the time situation has broken because this shit right. happened. You know? But if they hadn't done that, I would never watch one. Because there's too many fucking lens flares and like fucking crazy weird stuff happening. But is it a cool... Sh- it's cool, Yes. But the one good thing is, J.J. Abrams was like, well, I think he said, if we're going to change everything, let's at least have the same uniforms that fit that time period, that fit the canon, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're wearing the same uniforms, basically, you know what I mean? Their dress uniforms are different, but for the most part, we didn't see the dress uniforms until Kirk's much older, you know? We didn't see dress uniforms from the original Star Trek series, so I'm kind of like, okay, cool, Good enough, you know, but this show, they're all wearing weird uniforms, you know, I mean, the U.S. military doesn't change uniforms every 10 years, you know, like the primary class A's and uniforms and stuff like that has been around forever, 
You know, the Navy's been wearing white uniforms for like a hundred years. So, and tan uniforms for like a hundred years. And they're, of their three or four uniforms, they've been doing that for the same thing for years. This, the uniforms are different. They invented a new alien who can sense death. I mean, it's it's dumb. It's magic. I'm just like, I'm very confused. It, normally, there's a telekinesis thing happening, but how can an alien sense death? Like, can he tap into the death field? Like, how does it work? <laughs> you know, like, to me, if you're a Star Trek fan, you'd be kind of like, this would be kind of like a repugnant show. Um, it looks campy. It does have a movie-looking feel. The Klingons look horrible. Like, you can't reinvent a race. You know, none of the Klingons look normal. Their, their clothes just are, like, totally wackadoo. Um, it's just... I, so, I have something to say about the Klingons. Good. We, I think we are used to seeing Klingons from, like, Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine. Um, but if you ever saw the Klingons from Star Trek, the original series... They looked essentially human. And yeah, they, ad- they did. They addressed that once in the next generation, I think. It might have been Deep Space Nine. Someone asked Worf. Yeah, it was Deep Space Nine because they went back in time to, like, fuck with the Tribbles or something. And Dax was like, hey, uh, what's up with these Klingons? Or someone was. And he's like, oh, we don't talk about that. There was, like, a, a mutation from a chemical accident or something that changed our race. So, so I kind of... So they made up some bullshit... <laughs> Well, yeah. But at least they were kind enough to give a nod to the old show. Yeah. Hmm. But this, just, the, the Klingons look crazy, yeah. man. They look, they don't look human at all. They look, they, they just, if they had gone with the old basic human Klingons from this time period from the canon, cool. But these Klingons, it's like they reinvented what Klingons look like. Their clothes, there's all this like ornamentation, which Klingons don't really do. You know, it's just too much. It's like t- too much. Well, they, and I'm sure. You know, the excuse would be their their ornamentation, their fashion, if you want to call it that, definitely evolves over the hundred or so years between when this happens and when Captain Picard is around. The thing is, we there's a ten year period here. Right. Like they're very clear, they're like ten years before the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. So a lot of time, like not a lot of time has taken place. Right. You know, where this is you know, it's just I get what you're saying, and I want the show to be a success. I'm going to watch the show. Yeah. But. Will you pay CBS for the privilege? Hell fucking no. I, too, am going to watch the show from my own means. Yeah, I'm not going to pay pay them for it. I refuse. I refuse. Well, then you're going to be part of the problem. Are we good Star Trek supporting fans? (laughs) No. I, I know. I'm nope. not going to pay what? CBS for anything. I refuse to. CBS is a horrible company. And the the thing is, the reason why the guy who loves Star Trek left the show in the first place was because he's like, they want to reinvent this whole thing and do something, do a reboot it and totally break canon. Like, I, I get it. You want to, like, put your own stamp on it, whatever. But this is not a thing you can reinvent and break canon with. Like, if, like, even with Star Trek, I mean, even with Star Wars, Disney World Disney was like, okay, this is not canon anymore. All these books aren't canon. Fine, okay. You know what I mean? We're very upset about that, but fine. Good enough. You want to do that so you can rehash all this shit, take the same old fucking plot line, re-fucking shuffle it, and put a white girl and a black guy black kid in it to reboot the whole for a new a new generation and sell more toys? Fine. I'll watch it because you got the old characters in it until the old characters die or are gone, and then I'm not gonna watch it anymore. This 
it's just different. Like the the canon is canon. Like there's a, a built up universe. There's t- time periods stretched across like hundreds of years. Yeah. You know where different shows have inserted themselves in, and they've set they've set the parameters. There were like three TV series, twelve movies, all like in the same universe. Yeah, exactly. So there's there's tons of canon. There's future stuff. There's past past stuff. There's alternate reality stuff. Like there's tons of stuff where the canon has been set. It's in concrete, and if they changed it, there'd be a fucking upheaval. Upheaval. Mm-hmm. You know. So I really don't think I don't appreciate. Well, they already changed it with the movies. Yeah, but they they just fucking barely scraped away. They barely got away with it. And the movies. I will are say, good. I will say one last thing about the Klingons. If we go back to the previous previous Star Trek movie with Khan Benedict, come in your buns, whatever the fuck. Oh my god! Those Klingons come in your buns. Yeah, those Klingons look very similar. To Star Trek Discovery Klingons, so that's probably where they got the inspiration, and they were heavily pierced or ornamented. If you remember, did you see that one, yeah, James? Yeah, I, I don't remember what the Klingons looked like again. When they they had like the it was a firefight on mm-hmm. the planet or whatever, yeah. and then <laughs> uh, and then uh, what's his name? Zoe Saldana goes up and tries to talk to him. He takes his helmet off, and like all of his ridges have like nose rings in them and shit. I remember uh, that. Yeah, I remember I that. Mean. I assumed he was like a Klingon pirate or something, and that's why he did that. <laughs> no, because you, you've never seen a Klingon do that once. No, that's correct. That was, but that whole thing, I guarantee that scene was like, you know what, some fashion fucking designer who's never seen an episode of Star Trek was like, you know what, we could spruce him up with some fucking rings. You know? That sounds like we just did Pirates of the Caribbean. They had a lot of rings and fucking flash. Let's do the same thing here. <laughs> Because he looked ridiculous. I remember that now, and I and I remember in my brain writing it off as like, okay, he's a one off. It's it's okay. He's a one off. That everyone in Star Trek knows that's not what Klingons look like. I don't know. There's there's a point where it's where it's too far for me to stretch my suspension of disbelief. You okay. Know? I get what you're saying, and I'm gonna be hopeful. I'm gonna watch the show and hope yeah. that I really enjoy it, and hope they do something like Battlestar Galactica. I don't think CBS is capable of that. Hopefully, UPN20 will buy it from them or something, and then we'll get a quality show out of it. <laughs> yes. Sweet reference. Yeah, it is what it is. Yep. I'm pretty um, sure Channel 20, tri- Channel 20 Washington, D.C. exists only because Star Trek helped it survive. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> oh, yeah, it has to be. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Why? Well, because they, sure. they had Moesha. I mean, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure on Mondays there was like four hour, four episodes of Star Trek: Next Generation, and then four episodes of Stargate SG One back to back, and it was the best day of the week. Hmm. This oh, let like... me say one more thing about this. Yeah. So the main character, the the main character is a uh, she's a she's a Vulcan. Half, half Vulcan, half yeah. The at same, least half Vulcan. She might be human, like raised on retread. Vulcan. The same trite retread. Okay, they don't know what else to do to build tension except to say you're half human and half Vulcan. Like that's the only way to build tension. Or they say human commander. 
half human, half Vulcan, who's battling with his internal turmoil to understand the commander. I mean, we know this tension already. We get it. We get it. I wish they would do something original. God, but James, please. This is totally original because she's black and she's a female. Yeah. Totally original. Okay. Right. Right. The two lead characters are female, James. She could be anything. Unheard of. She could be <laughs> yes, and that's yeah, you're Captain right. Captain Janeway, white man, white man. <laughs> white woman. Yeah. She's hey, white man. You saw that chin. Let's make it past the first episode. Let's not forget, you know, Stargate Atlantis, where Robert Patrick died in the premiere episode, but he was like a major facet of all the trailers. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I knew there was a reason I never watched that. Or show. was that? <laughs> it was one of the Star Treks. Yeah, I think it was Atlantis. You mean Stargate? Could have been a good show, but it was a fucking retread. That's the problem yeah. with all Stargates. They're just retreads of each other. Yeah, yeah, well, the last one I don't think got a fair chance, but it didn't. It was a great show. Which one? That was Uni- an original universe? concept. Yeah, universe. That was yeah. original. That one wasn't it, it bad. Had some, it had some retread effects, but I mean, Evan and I both loved that show. Yeah, that and was another did... Battlestar cinematography show. Yeah, it was so good. No, I mean, yeah, it had the cool stuff, but I mean, a lot of it was so fucking. It's like really they get on this ship that's a hundred thousand years old or whatever the fuck, and there's freaking couches everywhere and. But you gotta believe she- in the universe, man. Beds with sheets on them, they can no, just lay in. No. Come on, they don't. That's one thing about TV; they don't do enough to to suspend your disbelief. In, in a lot of books I read, they have this similar, like let's say a similar situation would happen in a book. The author would take the time and say, "Oh, there's this robot who they've read your brain and they know what you like, and they have nanotechnology that makes a bed and makes sheets." Like he explains it away to, and and in your brain you can be like, "I don't believe this," but okay. You know, he gives you something so you can suspend your disbelief. TV yeah. shows give you nothing and hope hope for the best. Hope so you don't notice. Yeah, and they they can't like like I I'm I'm smart enough now to assume that if I get on an alien vessel, I'm not going to find a fucking bed with silk sheets. You know? You think that's air you're breathing? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. So I mean, I don't think that's going to be the case with Star Trek, obviously. Usually you don't have that problem too much. Except for the whole language thing where everyone speaks English. But, um, you <laughs> except know. when they don't, for whatever reason. Yeah, except when they don't, exactly. That's that's the one thing I always found annoying. They're like, oh, like they go meet someone in person. It's like, oh, how are you? But then, like, they meet these other people and, and they, they need to translate all of a sudden. It's like, well, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Or you hear two Klingons having a conversation in Klingon because they... Turn their translators off or something? Yeah, or all without speak speaking English? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we don't exactly. But, you know, I guess it'd be too much to invent like a different language for every Yeah. Race or whatever it is. Um I wonder if they'll encounter any Ferengi. <laughs> we'll see. I look forward to it. Yeah. It it won't it won't last more than two seasons though. I hate you. I don't think it will either. <clears throat> I hope that if it can get to two seasons, then they'll listen to people. But, you know, the thing is, I've never known a big TV company to listen to fans. I'll get, okay, so here's one last thought. I think Star Trek Enterprise was good, but it only lasted three seasons, or was it four? Four. Because Scott Bakula was in it. Now, Star Trek... 
Discovery. Well, they always gotta they always gotta bring in a ringer. You gotta right. bring in someone, right? So Star Trek Discovery has basically no one except didn't Rain Wilson join the cast like two weeks ago or a month ago or something? Who the fuck is Rain Wilson? Dwight from the office. Oh. I don't know Who the fuck is Dwight from him. The Office? I don't, I don't know what character he's going to play. He doesn't play. have any fucking sci-fi chops, for, as far as I'm concerned. Right. I mean, you know, uh, well, yeah. Scott Bakula had Quantum Leap, but at least he's a name. So we'll, he's, I mean, he's, he's, we'll he's, see. He's got solid... Well, he's got a ton of sci-fi movies. He has sci-fi chops, and I know he can act. That guy, Rain Wilson, he's funny, but unless we want to see Dwight Schrute-style antics in on Star Trek, I don't... I'm like... Okay. Yeah, I'm like, why did they hire him? Yeah, honestly. I don't get his rel- I don't get his connection to like make me be like, yeah, you know, I'm more interested in what the black chick does. The sad thing is, I know that she's gonna have some dumb relationship with some fucking stupid white guy, and that's gonna her whole fucking career as the captain is gonna be summed up by her relationship and warring with her fucking emotions. Like I know her plot line. I know what she's gonna do because they when they have a Klingon, when they have a Vulcan, they only it's just one note. You know, right. emotions versus logic. That's it. It's fucking one note. Um, you know, Maybe that's the same actress that's in The Walking Dead currently. Mm. Um, just I so you know, to... she plays a, a a character named Sasha. Uh, so I guess she won't be on that show anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> guess she's going to get killed off. Um, if and Maybe she already did. I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with The Walking Dead, so... But one thing to say about this, I'm sorry, Michael, interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, the only other thing I was going to say, even though she's not as well known as maybe Rain Wilson, <laughs> but Michelle Yeoh is actually a fairly significant actress. But is she gonna? Uh, I mean, is, is she, she gonna live? Is she a, um, I mean, you know, does she have sci-fi experience? Probably not, but she's, uh, you know, she's... I mean, they had Ming-Na. I mean, she was in a Bond in, movie, man. Come on. In, uni- in Star Universe. Off. Dude, they're going to kill her off. She's going to get Probably. blown up on that ship. Guarantee you in the first episode. Michelle Yeoh? No, Ming- Ming-Na? No, she was on Stargate Universe. Oh, no. Like, so, talking- you know, some... some Older Asian chick with no sci-fi experience. Michelle Yeoh. Is that who you're talking about? From Crouch, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, she's she's in Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, she's going to get killed off in the first episode. I guarantee you. She's too oh, big a name. And you she's, think she's, she's going to be... Absolutely, because... The, she's the see, bait. You saw the introduction. The introduction was like, I think you should have your own own crew. You know? And she's like, I'm going to go out with you on your first one, but I think everything's going to be okay. And she's going to get killed off, and the other girls have to step up to the plate. That's how this works. Like, come on, we we know how TV works, guys. Come on, we're not new. That's yeah. what they're gonna do. That, that some... Michelle Yeoh is not gonna be in a fucking TV show. Okay, I'm surprised Ming Na is in is in uh... Agents of Shield. Yeah, but she's good in it. Like, she plays this really wooden character with a heart of gold, and it it, it, it even though it's a trite trope, it works. You know. Hmm. But Ming Na is not gonna do that. I guarantee. And there's no way she's gonna do like I'm in a TV show now. I'm you in mean a Michelle Yeoh. I'm sure all the same. (laughs) So here's what I was going to say. I think the thing that's going to sink or swim this thing is a theme song. Okay. Hmm. Right. Do you feel me? Every Star Trek has an epic theme song. The theme song. I like them all, except for the Enterprise song, which was I love the Enterprise trash. I love the Enterprise one. The Enterprise one made me feel like it took me back, dude. Come like, on, dude! 
getting from there to here. <laughs> it's been a long road. And our path is finally clear. It's All right, great. Zeph and Cochran. Dude, it's great. And you feel like you great. watch that shit and you're like, oh shit, they made it. You know, like you you get a single tear glistening in your fucking eye. You know? If someone walks in the room, they're like, oh shit, he got a twinkle in his eye. You know, when they see is you watch it. He must be watching Star Trek. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> that's how I felt. Like I, I was like, I got emotional when I watched that shit. And Star Trek, uh the one with Janeway. That was mm-hmm. a great theme song. And that one, also, all of them had, none of them had singing except for Enterprise. Right. You know, right. and I think that's maybe why you didn't like it. But I thought Probably. it was appropriate for, like, a show that was supposed to mark the beginning of Star, of what we thought was going to be the Enterprise. You know, the beginning mm-hmm. of the Enterprise. Well, now right. we're, we'll see a new beginning. And in six years, we'll see a new, new beginning. You know, if we're lucky. Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, should be uh should be interesting. Shit, by the time by the time you're eighty, Evan, they'll be doing a show that's like this show takes place ten minutes after Picard leaves Co- Zephyrin Cochran, <laughs> and we start from here. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like that's what's gonna be because they got nothing left to do. They would have filled every fucking gap from here to like fucking start fucking the Enterprise with like seven seven uh warp warp uh nacelles. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. gonna have to they're gonna have to do one that's like way in the future. Yeah, you know they should. They should. They got maybe featuring the the Federation time ship relativity. Well, and its I, adventures I liked, across across the space time continuum. That's I like thinking <laughs> about that stuff. But Scott Bakula was also time traveled against his will by uh, whatever the fuck that guy's name was. Who was I think he was in Star Trek. Maybe maybe he was just from from some time travel agency. Crewman Daniels? Yeah, Crewman Daniels with that little box. Yeah. Um, also yeah. in uh, in Star Trek Voyager, the Doctor got the technology for his mobile emitter from a 29th century Borg. Or 27th century Borg. Like 300 years into their future. And he looked awesome. Who, the, the Doctor or the Borg? The Borg. Okay. Yeah, he looked fabulous doing it. Like, <laughs> he really like, pulled the roll off. Yeah. So I mean that would be cool. I would like to see the evolution of uh Klingon warbirds and like Romulan ships. We don't get enough Romulans anymore. They were a good enemy. They had logic, but they also had passion. The Romulans don't have logic, man. <laughs> they, kind of, they're fucking. You know, they're fucking. They're they're the same as fucking Klingons. They weren't ruled by it. Uh, I think Klingons are more honor bound and emotional than Romulans. Romulans are like in our own best interest. I mean, Klingons—they're all about this honor shit, but not really, man. They're all fucking bullshitters. You know, <laughs> fuck those guys. They are. They're fucking bullshitters. They're always double crossing someone. Someone's always getting murdered. Whatever the fuck. I well, mean, that's just the House of Duras, man. That's you know the the classic clash. A den of thieves. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know idea. But <clears throat> anyways, yeah. thank you for listening to the Star Trek Hour. That's right. We're gonna have our own talking trek <laughs> with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, we're gonna do our own after each. Uh, hey, maybe we should do that. We'll have a segment. Yeah, we could. 
Um, all right, cool. So, moving on, what else we got here? James, Trolled. I think Europe. Trolled, what is this? Something about Elite Dangerous, huh? Oh, I think we talked about this, actually. Okay. I think I put this in the thing, like, almost a month ago when we missed a show. <laughs> uh, and it's, we, and I put it, it's, yeah, we talked about it. This is the, this is the, the whole thing with, uh, Salome getting the, the NPC character getting jacked by her secure guard. We talked about this, right? Uh, I don't remember. I told the story several times, so I may have not talked about it on the show. I thought I did. Basically the long and short of it is, and it's all here if you guys want to watch it. Basically what happened was uh, they had a special event character, a series of characters based on a book by a guy. The The guy in the at the end of book one, the Elite Dangerous uh, team, development team, decided to take his book, which is written in the Elite Dangerous universe, and bring it into the game. So the five main characters from his book got in ships at one location and flew from point A to point B. And the main character was a character named Solome, who had a elite guard of players who had been training for months to be her elite guard, along with 1,500 other players spread out across multiple servers, multiple instances, and multiple systems, running defense, running evasion, running like uh, offensive maneuvers to, to keep her path clear. The whole idea was... You could kill Salome, or you could guard Salome. I mean, or or you could help her get to where she was going. And if she got to where she was going, she would relieve, re- reveal important information about the empire, the government in the game, and stuff that they were doing. And one of the there's a character there, a guy, a player named Harry Potter, who was in her elite guard, and he ambushed her, or he turned he turned on her and killed her. Right before the, you know, before, right before the data was released. <laughs> and then he, he, you know, and he's one of the, he's one of the trolls. You know, he was a troll and he got her and it was a mess. But it's, it really kind of speaks to about like some of the really cool stuff they've done in Elite Dangerous that I hope Star Citizen does. Um, so like allowing players to interact with story-based characters and the NPC character was actually controlled by a player. By, not by a player, by a p- member of their staff. Hmm. So oh, it was a cool bit of like kind of uh, stuff where they had like a like a real event to shape the world of the game like you and so his character Harry Potter now is part of the lore. It's like so if you read the lore, their lore guide, it's like Salome was killed by Harry Potter at this date. <laughs> uh, Harry Potter was a member of the blah blah blah. He he was a traitor. You know, it's a whole thing. So and his character is now immortalized in their lore and history and he'll be added into the next book that this guy releases so it's really exciting for the players and i think it's a really cool thing that they did to allow the players to interact with the storyline at that level so star citizen says they're going to do this kind of stuff i'm not really sure but we'll see so that's what that was about the video here is speaking about it and there's tons of other videos about it if you're interested um this happened about a month ago though so i'm i think we talked about it honestly or maybe i mentioned it I don't um, remember that, so I'll have to watch the video because it sounds hilarious. Yeah, it is really hilarious, honestly. I mean, it's kind of like it's a ballsy move. I, 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 I don't mind him killing her, but I do mind... I don't know, I'm torn between finding it valuable that he was able to interact at that level 
and also finding it kind of stupid that he did it just to troll the game, you know? So it turns out the data did end up getting out because the five other non-less important characters who were like her buddies as part of the book, they all made it to their destinations. But it's kind of sad because Salome is this author's main character. You know, he focused a lot of time and energy on like, oh, her beauty and her looks and all this kind of stuff, like like kind of writing her up. And a lot of guys like really liked were interested in this character. And now she's gone. So it kind of sucks for the author. Um, and he seems kind of pissed about it when they talk. When he when, it, when I've read other stuff when mentioning this, the author was like, "Well, we have to go on with this." But you know, it is what it is. You know. Hmm. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Check it out if you're interested. I thought it was pretty cool. Yep. Mike, what do we got next? So uh, this is something I actually was hoping James could speak to more than me. Um, this is a change that. Star Citizen is making to their something called the CCU system. So, James, I think you were, um, I think you have a better understanding of what this this change is. Okay, so in Star Citizen, let's say Evan wants to buy an, a, a new ship comes out. It's the you know ship A, and Evan wants to buy ship A. So, what he does is, let's say ship A costs fifty dollars. And he can get it with the when you buy a new ship on concept sale, ship A will come with lifetime insurance guaranteed. Okay. Once he buys ship A with lifetime insurance, he's got a couple choices. He can keep ship A, and they'll give him a temporary ship to use in his hangar, and so he can play the game until ship A is created, until it's made in the game. Uh, another choice is he can melt the ship. So he can melt the ship down. And basically, they call it melting, but basically he's... He parting gets, it out? Yeah, he, he, I mean, I don't call parting it out because you're not parting anything out. Basically, he, he takes the ship, gets rid of the ship, and keeps the lifetime insurance and a token for the ship. And that token is called a CCU. And that CCU credit gives him the opportunity to buy that ship back at the same price he melted it for. Okay, so he can melt the ship, take the money from the melted ship, and put it into another ship. So what a lot of guys have been doing is they would take those ships, buy a really cheap, buy like seventeen really cheap ships when they come on sale, and then they just hold on to those credits. You know, they'd melt them all down and then take that and buy one really expensive ship, and they'd buy the expensive ship and apply lifetime assurance to it with one of those CCU credits. They take that credit and apply it to a new ship with lifetime insurance. And then say, take that whole thing now and sell it on the gray market on Reddit. They'd sell it on the gray market on Reddit at an inflated price, at the price of that ship when it first came out. So you take a $50 ship, add some more money, and then turn that into a $500 ship that would not have lifetime insurance. Add lifetime insurance on it for basically nothing. Then take the ship, turn around, and sell it on the gray market for $700 because it has lifetime insurance. And guys would pay that. That's not necessarily the reason why Star Citizen is doing what they're doing to this system. What they're doing to the system is because a few reasons. What are they doing? Basically, what they're going to do is they're going to say they're going to say, okay, right now this guy in this article here, he's basically said there's about 1.1 million unused CCUs in the system. Okay, some of them are zero dollar CCUs, which means they're CCUs that like 
Evan bought ship A for $50, and he has the opportunity to transfer it to ship B that's also $50. <clears throat> a lot of them are that. And then other ones are like, I bought ship A for $50, and I am going to upgrade it to ship B for $125. You know, and some of them mm-hmm. are that. So me personally, I have two CCUs uh, for two ships that I haven't bought yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so what the system is going to do is it's going to make it so that whenever you try to take a ship and do that transfer, Star Citizen gets a piece. So in CIG, uh, Cloud Imperium games will get a piece. They'll get, they'll take $5 bang like that. You know, do I think it's unreasonable? No, I think they're taking a system that guys are exploiting to make money and they're going to add $5 on it. And that's another source of income for them. Am I mad at them? Do I have a problem with them? No. I don't think it's a bad thing. A lot of people complained about that initial rollout. So now they've decided to roll it out in a staggered way over time, allowing allowing certain upgrades to continue being $0, and other upgrades will slowly get $5 until ultimately we get to a level where everything costs $5 to upgrade. <clears throat> a lot of guys are complaining about it. It's not reasonable. People are saying it's a money grab on CIG's part. People are saying uh, it's Sandy Gardner being like uh, Yoko Ono cuck. I don't know. Forget about it. (laughs) There's a lot of people who are saying a lot of things. Um, But the reality is I think it's a good move. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. And I think most average players who bought the game and play the game in its current unfinished format in 2.6.3, the current release, or they play the fighter combat simulation or they play star marine the fps version or they play the racing or something like that i think the average player doesn't care but i think there's a select a select group of people who are hardcore into the game and hardcore into the money making opportunities in the game who are having a problem with it because that's five dollars that they're not going to have and if the five dollars gets rolled into the cost of the ship it's only five dollars i don't have a problem with it honestly you know, I think it's a reasonable move, and I think they should make money off of this. I mean, the other reason they're doing it, which is also a good reason, and this is the reason they've given given people, given, tell fans, is that this is why we're doing it. Because let's say you have a million ships that are, we don't know, we have a million ships out there, a million credits, mm-hmm. and they don't know what those ships are because people just have credits to buy ships. They can assume what the ships were, but that doesn't mean Evan will go back to ship A. He might just keep that credit and then buy ship Z. We don't know what he's going to do. So when the developers are making the game and building an economy, they have to do something called game balance. Well, you can't balance a game that you cannot say, this is how many of this ship we have. This is how many people bought this ship. This is why this ship's good. Basically, right now, all the ships kind of like in a, in a puzzle sort of way benefit each other it's like oh this ship is a torpedo bomber this ship's a torpedo fighter this ship's a heavy cruiser this ship is this this ship is that and all these pieces sort of fit together in a loose jumble well right now uh, 1.1 million of those ships they don't know what they are so they don't know we need more of this more of that uh how much should this cost why why the price of this is that you know what's the intrinsic value of what exists right now they can't calculate that so that's the other problem and I kind of understand that one too. So it's both they're both reasonable problems to have, and this is a good way to fix it while making a little bit of extra scratch on the side, which again I don't have a problem with. Hmm. That's how I understand it. I, I have a video that I watched earlier to get a better understanding of it that I'll post to you guys. Um, 
like I said, I have for me, I have, I bought two really cheap ships that were $50 and I use the CCU credits to apply to a two rare ships that don't exist that it's hard to get because I wanted to get those ships. So those ships went on sale and I spent $15 plus uh, $15 for an upgrade mm-hmm. to from the cheap ship to a more expensive ship. I just have to pay the balance and I haven't paid the balance yet. It's like $125 for each ship. So I haven't done that yet because I'm cheap. But one's a really nice fighter, a heavy fighter that I want. Another one is a missile boat that I want. But so, they're basically reserved? Yeah, they're reserved in my name with the CCUs on them. So they can look at mine and see where they are because I already spent the, I already applied the credits. You know? Gotcha. I basically said I wanted to go from this to this. Um, but there are guys out there who are just using them as like a poker chip. You know what I mean? They're, they're selling them on the gray market. And there's a, people are making money on the gray market. I mean, there's an article that I think we posted in an episode maybe sometime last fall of a guy, about a guy who bought a car by selling ships on the gray market. You know, not a great car, but he bought a car, <laughs> you know? So there's money to be made. And if for every person who just said, I'm going to buy a shitty $1,500 car like this guy in the article. There's somebody making money out there. Like, really, they're making a business out of it. There's money in the banana stand. Mm-hmm. There is. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you synopsis. for... Yeah, thank you for explaining that to us, James, because I had no idea what the hell this thing was talking about. I read this whole thing, and I was like, um, okay. I don't, I don't know what they're <laughs> talking about. So, no, no But I'm glad you explained it. So... And, and yeah, I agree with you. The way the way you you explain it, it doesn't sound like this is actually a bad thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, unless you're a whore, you know, and you want to do whatever. So, and that's why guys are complaining. I mean, right. guys are complaining because they're like, yeah. you know, it's not it's not a bad thing. I mean, they this game they just reached 150 million, which again makes them they've achieved their same goal again. They're the highest crowdfunded game ever, um, which they have been for some time, but. Um, it's taken them forever to make the game because they're doing basically building everything from scratch. I'm not making right. excuses for them. I'm very pissed that it's taken a long time. I'm pissed that they've missed and, and, and sidestep deadlines and everything. I'm pissed that certain aspects of the game haven't been the way they're supposed to be. But, you know, and I and just as a great example, they came out with a new ship called the Eclipse, which I don't give a shit about. I'm not going to buy it. And I know a lot of people aren't going to buy it because they just don't understand why. You know, at this point, we've spent so much money on this game. We're like, why are we buying another ship? You know, um, and and they they will always stick to this thing, stick to the the tried and true thing, saying you don't have to buy ships in the game. You you don't have to buy ships now. You can wait till you get in the game. All we want you to do is buy a game package, which is like fifty bucks. Buy that, and we're good. Everybody's happy. You know what I mean? So great, but they keep selling concept ships because they want you to buy concept ships. And then right now, so far, it's been one ship, concept ship, like every month it seemed like. They mm-hmm. come with a concept ship. And that's all good and fine, but honestly, I don't give a shit about you guys making concepts. Finish the fucking game. That's how I feel. You know, so everybody has some salt, but it's just whether it's reasonable or not about this game. <laughs> right. So. What, um, what's uh, this, this kind of unrelated but related? What's going on with the, uh, the first-person shooter piece of the game? I mean, it's, it's been released. It's been released. They've made some. They've added. They're adding armor, armor to more armor to it, and they're adding in. Uh, they've added in. They've fixed frag grenades, and they fixed a few things. Um, I feel like do people play it. People do play it. Yeah. Is people it cool? It. You like it? It's fun. I mean... Um, I like it for someone at my skill level. 
Uh, we have so our org, our Star Citizen org, is a pirate organization, um, and we've have a set of we have a few guys. We have about uh, six guys who play for a professional CS:GO team, who was actually just bought by a rugby team. Like a rugby team owns their CS:GO team is pretty amazing, um, and and uh, so. We get so we got them uh, to play the game as our boarding boarding team, and they played the FPS. And they were like, the whole idea was they were going as soon as FPS dropped, they were gonna five of them were gonna take off work, and then grind the game until they reach top top in the boards. Like that's what they do. Like that's what they those guys do. Like they all they their labs are dedicated to FPSs. Like I said, they're professional top of the tier CS:GO team. And so that's what they were going to do. Well, the one main guy played it the day it came out, and he was disgusted by it. Hmm. Like, he was like, no, this is horrible. This the first-person shooter part yeah, of Yeah, he was Starcism. like, this is dumb. It's slow, it's chunky, it's dumb. Um, is it still called Star Marine? Yes. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I totally agree. It's slow, it's chunky, it's dumb. Uh, I don't. I, I like playing it, but again, Sounds I'm Sounds familiar. I'm not a professional player. I don't play FPSs enough, and tournament and arena-based FPS does not interest me. So I played a little bit, and I was like, okay, it's cool. I could get a hold of this. But, you know, to get the mission done, I mean, Evan, I think Evan is like our FPS guy here. He played it. You played it, right, Evan? No, I watched a video of it being played. Yeah, so what was your, and, and, and for anyone who doesn't know, Evan has an extensive background in FPS. Like, he's... He knows his shit when he comes to this. Like, he knows what competitive play would be, make competitive play interesting. What was your take on it? Um, I would say, like, generally, the movement was pretty slow. Although it had, like, uh, I think it had, like, wall walking or wall running or some kind of special ability like that that sort of seemed like it would compensate. But I, you know, having not played it myself, I don't know if that was kind of one-time use or had to be recharged or how it played through different maps and scenarios and everything i mean the game so what is pretty typical of popular arena shooter maps is that there are you know a couple of defensible areas but otherwise it's quite open so you have the flexibility to sort of move and you know and shoot anywhere um but what i noticed or what i remember noticing about the the FPS Star Marine video was is basically like it's inside a ship. So you're like in a hallway or in a corridor and there's some boxes there or something um, is kind of cramped. And that, that does not lead to like fast gameplay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, that's one thing. And I think that's just like, so the wall walking thing, there's not wall walking, but there's uh zero G combat, which is probably okay. what you saw. And that that's spread throughout the game. So certain areas are just zero G, or they take place in space or whatever. Um, so I think there's a, there's a bunch of few cool aspects to it. And I think you have to be a certain kind of person who's like, yeah, I want to fight in tight, cramped quarters. But I don't think that's fast gameplay, and I don't think that's competitive gameplay, and I don't think that's gameplay that someone like that wouldn't bring someone from Quake or CS:GO or even Call of Duty over to play the game because none of those right. games have those have spaces like that. They're exactly what Evan said. Like. If you look at um, Overwatch, it's there's 
spaces where you can snipe, and there's open spaces and bright spaces and dark spaces, and there's all kinds of various environments to give you a little taste of everything. You're not totally slammed into this like box, which I took for Star Citizen. I totally get. It. I'm not knocking what they created. I am, but I'm not in the sense that they created a game that takes place in tight corridors on starships and in space stations. Yeah. You know, it's authentic which, to what the game is. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, but I, like I said, to me, even playing it myself, the game is slow. You know, we play Wild Ghost Recon Wildlands, which is not a first-person shooter of the quality of the kind of thing that Evan would play or that first-person shooter professional players would play. But even that's faster moving, like just like getting your gun up and taking shots and reloading. It's faster moving this, than this other game. And it feels the players, the character models don't feel so fat and like bulky and slow, you know, so... That was my take on it, um, but hmm. these guys are going to be doing for us is boarding actions in the real game. So their mm. their whole thing is like we're going to come in, fuck faces, and you know you guys coming to clean the mess up. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I'm going to have to start uh, making my presence known here at some point. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to. The uh... Actually, 3.0 is supposed to release at the end of June, so we're probably going to be getting more into the game recently. Like, like now we're going to be having like regular Saturday practice and stuff like that. So, oh, okay. Cool. I better spin up my uh, my whatever. I don't know. All right. Well, now we're on to the extra section. Uh, yes, Evan, you want to just go over briefly what you floating, got there. Floating saucers as opposed to flying saucers. I, Not thought, something... I thought that said floating sauces. <laughs> sauces. It's like cook, cooking tips with the IO <laughs> panel. Yep. Take your sauce, put it into a pot of water, turn it on high, and walk away. <laughs> Alright, so these floating saucers, some mysterious discs of Compressed plastic waste and trash. Oh, you saw this too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, huh? Yeah. They came like floating up in the Outer Banks near Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. So a local woman started picking them up because she apparently like patrols the beach picking up trash on a fairly regular basis. She's like, oh my God, what are these? Beach patrol. Yeah. And uh, she was like, huh, this document looks interesting. This looks like, yes, it is. It's a full page. Naval official document. These are from Navy ships. So she got all mad. And um, so apparently the Navy confirmed that this sort of trash compacting, you know, plastic waste space saving technique is used on their vessels. And they're investigating why it was dumped into the ocean. Yeah, because apparently they're not supposed to do that at all. They're supposed to keep them. And yeah. then. That's like the whole purpose of, you know, if they were just dumping in the ocean, why bother compacting it? Unless you're trying to make it sink and, and hide the evidence. But they're supposed to, they're like, make it take up as little room as possible until they, you know, dock or get to a, a port and offload it to a garbage barge or whatever the fuck they do with it. Burn it. Burn it's it all. It's cool that they can press it like that, though. I thought so, too. It's like a piece of, you know, technology that went into making a process so efficient that I never even thought about. Yep. How much can you imagine that system costs? <laughs> oh, millions and millions. 
It's like it, to me, it looks like they must heat it up somewhat. They have to, because how do you, it, it's plastic, so they must. Yeah, they're probably heating it up to get it to do that. Heating it up, high pressure. Can you imagine the the hydraulic system behind that? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you love to operate that just once? Yeah. You could put a body in there. I wonder if they're doing it in like uh yeah, that'd be gross. What a mess. Unrecognizable. Ugh. No, I wonder if they're doing it like they're using like uh like like, you know, the steam like a steam based system, like like they're tapping into like, you know, the the steam recovery system that they use on aircraft carriers or whatever. Hmm. I guess you use electromagnets to do that now, but it just seems like an immense amount of pressure, like I can imagine some steam thing doing it. I don't think there's any shortage of power with, you yeah, know, like true. dual nuclear reactors on some of these ships and whatnot. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> uh, still pretty cool, though. Yeah, I get, say. Don't they get refueled every 50 years or something? Something like that. They should, like, put metal. I was going to say metal bowling balls. Like, that's a cannonball. They should just crush a cannonball into the middle of these and use. These things as railgun ammo. I like it. Yeah. Send the enemy our trash. <laughs> Bring out your dead. Yeah. So you know we're we're that's what we do here when we don't talk about um, technology or games. We come up with innovative ideas for the military, and they don't listen. So sorry. Um, two other links I have in the extra section are related. The first one, if you want to save, save if you want to save yourself some greenbacks, and you're a fan of Reddit, head over to R Frugal. Teaches you how to save some money. Uh, I thought it'd be useful for anyone who listens. And the second one, or the third link in there, technically, is from a post on the Frugal subreddit about freedata.io so what this is it operates on the sprint network you can pay either 450 or 550 dollars for a mobile hotspot and it's uh comes with a year of unlimited unmetered unthrottled 4g data 20 20 megabit 30 megabit something like that for the cheaper one maybe up to 50 for the more expensive one you know has like 4g lte plus whatever that stands for Hmm. Um, so, you know, it's a bit of an upfront investment, but if you have it for a couple of years and it can allow you to, you know, cut out your DSL or Comcast cable or whatever shitty ISP you have, um, you know, it could very well be more reliable. Sprint has pretty good coverage nationwide, I think. Uh, Is so after Sprint? the first, yeah. Okay. So after the first year, um, it's auto renewing for $250 a year. Which is like twenty-ish dollars a month for unlimited 4G LTE coverage, which is pretty good. I don't think you're going to find many ISPs that can offer a similar package. So, if anyone's in the market, five fifty-nine, it's totally worth it. Yeah, it's totally. And you don't even really need the more expensive one. You can get the cheaper one unless you want, like, you know, another ten percent. You know, this download is worth speed. it to have in your laptop bag and call it a day. Uh, yeah. Or just to keep it in your car. If it were not, I'd say if it were $200 up front, I probably would have bought one. But I don't feel like spending 450 or 550 yeah. bucks. Yeah. Hmm. That is interesting, Evan. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I don't have a lot of faith in Sprint or their network. Yeah, me neither. To be honest. Um, I'm sure it's fine for most people. But, right. you know, I'm a whore. No, I just... <laughs> I just eh. How can this work, though? It's got a SIM card in it. If you read on there, they're like, we work our best to uh, to provide you the best, you know, cost and, and data options with our providers. You know, I mean, I guess it probably doesn't cost Sprint much to, to you know, put up the bandwidth to operate these things. And if people weren't going to buy their service anyways, if Sprint can get 20 bucks a month from them, then maybe it's worth it. Yeah, right, 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 right. This might be the thing that saves Sprint, though. Yeah. I don't know if since Sprint's, like, needs to be saved, but, you know. Cool. I found it interesting, so... What's the difference between the two devices? Just one does LTE and one does LTE Plus or something? Yeah. I see. Okay. Well, good to know. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So So tell us about... Our new alien overlords, Mike. Right, right. So, <clears throat> this is a... Uh, we've talked about this before, but it's back in the news now. There's a... Um, there's a star that astronomers keep on seeing the light from it. Um, the amount of light is dipping drastically. So, they think maybe there's... Something going on there. I mean, you know, they say, of course, it's probably not aliens or something, but it's aliens. Could be um, aliens, yeah. Could be a Dyson sphere mm-hmm. with holes Please. in it. <laughs> this is yeah, some spice or my life up a little bit. Or they're or they're building a Dyson sphere. Correct. Um, yeah. So that's why I put there. I said Kardashev level two. That's the uh, so Kardashev level one is if you can. You're on your planet, but you can capture all this, all the energy from your local star, and store it and use it. Mm-hmm. That's hitting your planet. You're level one civilization. What if you're level? level two, you're capturing all the energy from the star. And if you're level three, you're capturing all the energy from all the stars in your galaxy. How? What? You set up Stargates? <laughs> a series of Dyson spheres with Stargates at the center, right? <laughs> a black hole network of power I thought, distribution? I thought a massive Dyson sphere around the galaxy, which would be insane. That's it's like, is there enough material in the galaxy to build a sphere around the galaxy? Yeah, probably not. No. It says a Type 3 civilization can control energy on the scale of its entire host galaxy. Mind quad. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. How'd you it, control the power in your galaxy, Nick? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it looks like fun. Um, so they're, um... <laughs> we're fucked. No, Kenny. <laughs> Enjoy your life while you still can. They'll be here in, like, 200 light years. Yeah. They'll be here in 200 parsecs. Like, yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so and not much else to talk about this they're just uh they're just trying to figure it out you know they're still i think they're still raising money 
Oh, they already raised money to uh, to study this because you know astronomers are always hard up for cash. Yeah, I think the hope was that the uh, the space telescope we've talked about before, which I always forget the name, the one that's supposed to replace the Hubble, uh, but you know it's like five or ten times better. I think they're oh, hoping right. that that will get a better is look the, at the situation. That's not the Spitzer, is it? The James Webb Space Telescope or something? Is that a thing? Or is that on Earth? I don't know. Whatever it is. I think there's a W in there somewhere. Okay. Whatever's replacing the Hubble. James Webb Space Telescope. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah, that's all I got for that. Um, mm-hmm. Next, just a, just a funny story. I mean, it's not that funny, but... Chinese fighter flew inverted over U.S. Air Force jet, officials says. <laughs> so, the thought, Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. Yeah, I thought, I thought you guys would enjoy this. Um, a Chinese... Two Chinese fighters intercepted a... Air Force WC-135. And, again, you know, one of them flew over it inverted. Mm-hmm. And uh, the crew aboard the U.S. Air Force 135 characterized the move as unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's great. Oh. So, whatever. It was in the South China Sea, so it wasn't like over Idaho or anything, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, just kind of funny. That tells you fighter pilots are the same all over the world. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> now this story I came across randomly on Facebook. This next one, it's about this family who, they're originally from, uh, the Philippines and then they moved to the U.S. in like the, I think the fifties and they brought their slave with them. Oh, I saw that. I didn't read the whole thing, though. And so they had this woman that was basically their slave. <clears throat> and she she lived with them basically from the time she was like 18 or 19. Right. So the author of this article... Um, so basically, a woman was given let's say given the slave by her dad when she was like 12, right? The woman was like 12. She was a girl. And then they moved to the U.S. and they brought the slave with her. And then that woman grew up and had her own family. And so on and so on. And so they had this woman, like the the original person died... And then she was living with the new, you know, with the the son and stuff. But the son, he said when he was like 12 or 13, he was like, um, oh, said he was 11 when he realized that he was like, wait a second. (laughs) You say right, you know, but it was just like a, like a thing they didn't talk about, you know? Right. So crazy. I mean, eventually, you know, Eventually, he, you know, well, I'll say he freed her. I mean... Did he give her a sock? (laughs) Dobby is free. 
What are you talking about? It's fucking Harry Potter, man. Oh, I wouldn't know about that. But. You gotta... Disappointed. We've been over this. That's um, crazy, dude. I mean, her whole life is gone. How does he free her? Well, no, he's like... He's like, hey, you know, you're gonna come live with us. I mean, this, this, by this point, he's grown up, you know? He's like, has his own family and stuff. And his mom ended up dying. Like the, like the, the slave, I'll call. Her name is Lola. Lola was still living with, like, the mom. And the mom died. So the guy's like, alright, look, you're, he's like, you come live with us. We're, we're, you know, basically we're gonna take care of you. He's like, He's like, you can do whatever you want, you know? He's like, you can, you know, he's like, he's giving her money, like, every month, you know? He's like, here. You know? Like, treating her like an aunt or something, you know? It's like, alright. And that was it. So. Did she die? She's dead? Yeah, she's dead now. But, yeah, man, I just read the whole story. I was like, huh, wow, okay. That's crazy. She reunited with her sister after 65 years. That's absolutely crazy, man. My God. People are fucking savages, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good read if uh, anyone's... Yep. Not a short read, but a good read. It's not a short read. Um, I, and actually, I didn't even realize this till now. There's actually an audio version of this. So if you click on the link, there's a uh, there's an audio version of this also uh, in uh, SoundCloud. It's uh, 55 minutes long. So... That's interesting. But yeah, I read the whole thing, and uh, it's good. It's interesting. So, definitely worth a read. Um, next one. This is, again, about WannaCry. So, they found uh, evidence that WannaCry... They found evidence in the code that WannaCry is being done by uh, North Korea. Uh-huh. Through some some project or something that they call Lazarus, trying to bring back ghosts from the dead, Casper. That's right. Actually, apparently, it's called the Lazarus Group, which is like their, like North Korea's like hacking group or whatever, like their state-sponsored hacking group. It's not the state-sponsored hacking group of Democratic Republic of North Korea. That's the one. No, I mean that's not their name. Oh, it's, that's it's, not their name. It's, it's not creative. It's not nine hundred. Yeah, words <laughs> for make better peace. Da, 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 yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's interesting. So yeah, and uh, I I also read that um, they're doing this to actually their goal is to get money to finance their their stuff. You know, their missile program and whatever. Yeah. Well. Fantastic. I think they got like $90,000. <laughs> but honestly, this this group though, they've been doing other hacks too. Like um they've been hacking banks and all kinds of shit. So these guys are crazy, man. They're crazy, man. Crazy. Fucking North Koreans, bro. Yep. Now watch out. Watch your ass. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking it's like fucking red dot up in this bitch. Huh? <laughs> But instead of instead of Russians, it's gonna be North Koreans. Hey, hey, guess uh, guess who was in Red Dawn? Who? Powers Booth. Was he? Yep. 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 Yes, we brought <laughs> it back. We brought it back. <laughs> oh. All right. Last thing I have here: the end of an era. 
Rest in peace, Powers Booth. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> um. So they um the people who make the or who who invented the MP3 file format. So that's like a you know it's like a copyrighted kind of they own the rights to it kind of thing. Yeah. Um. They're going to pull the plug on MP3. And so basically they're just not going to license it anymore to anyone. They're like, yeah, we're done with it. Fuck off. It's still a valid file format. I mean, it's going to be... I mean, yeah, you can still use it, obviously. You know, we all still have software that uses it, so that's fine. Um, But but they just said... The codec is just like... Not going to go anywhere from now on. Yeah. It is what it is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh. And, and like I said, they're not going to license it for new shit. So if you buy a brand new blah, it may not play MP3s, you know? That's retarded. Why can't they just, like, open source it or something? Yeah, this seems so short-sighted. Well, though, they they say here one thing here, and I, I, I agree with them, um... They'd say basically, um, it's twenty-year-old technology. No yeah. one uses it, dude. It's, so it's is a old. headphone jack. It's so useful, though. Yeah, exactly. It's and it's not like it's not like you don't use MP3. I mean, you know, I mean, I, that's it. I I I don't use them every day like I used to ten years ago, but I still use MP3s. You know, I, when I download YouTube videos illegally to audio to get the yeah. music, I use MP3 files. When you go to download. Stuff for fuck our fucking podcast is probably an MP3 format at some point. It is in the line. There oh, aren't right. many codecs that I'm aware of that that have good quality for a relatively low file size. Yeah, it's it's the perfect like two. match. Well, according so to this, they say, you know, they say obviously it's still it's still very popular with consumers, but they say most state of the art media services such as streaming or TV and radio. Use modern ISO MPEG codecs, such as the AAC family, or in the future, MPEG-H. It says those can deliver more features and a higher audio quality at much lower bit rates compared to MP3. Alright, well, I guess we'll see where it goes. So, is this like two guys, or is it a company? Because if it's a company, Microsoft should buy them. Or Google should buy them. Yeah. It's called the Fraunhofer Institute for Integrated Circuits. Are they German? Yes. Okay, awesome. That's why. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I've learned is foreign companies and foreigners don't necessarily have our same value system when it comes to technology and the spread of media and things like that. They they, they like don't get it. You know, especially when you, of a certain age, they just don't get it. Like to me, it's like this is obviously an open source opportunity. You know. Like let the community after all these years you've made tons of money, you know let the let the community have it. Let people see what they can new stuff they can do with MP3. Who knows what gems can be found in there? You know, it just seems silly to like be like, nah, we're gonna close it off. We are not gonna make any more money of it, so we're just gonna lock it down like it's dead. This disgusting, honestly. I hate that. That's so anti-internet, anti-future, anti-technology. You know, but I guess this is where this place is who's like. The integrated circuits, you know, I mean, their logo is what, a breadboard? I mean, come on, fuck these guys. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. 
Yeah, so they say here, uh, the Institute has decided to terminate the licensing program for some MP3-related patents, which effectively halts industry support. Inventors, so although people can still listen to MP3s, inventors of new technologies will probably not include the file format in their blueprints as they turn to more advanced alternatives. So, Are they the ones selling an advanced alternative? Are they the ones selling MPEG-H? It just I, so happens they know. are. May, I, guarantee I don't know. You they are probably. I guarantee you they are. I'll pay you fucking money. They are <laughs> really. How much? No. Um, Fifteen cents. Okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, a pair of Crocs. Yeah, just about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Evan, what made you get the Crocs? Because they were sixteen cents. Yep. Or That's one hundred percent why. Were you going to burn them when they arrived? No, I was going to wear them, you know, while I do the yard work that I never, ever do. Nothing like an open pateau pair of Crocs while you do yard work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, well, that's all I had in my uh, extras. Yep, I got nothing. James, uh, you want to close this out? No, I'm kidding. Um, all right, guys, well, if there's nothing else, then... Uh, I think that's it. So thank you everyone for listening. Uh, you can catch us on our website, iopanelpodcast.com. Catch us on Facebook, Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at iopanelpodcast. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, anywhere you can find a podcast. Just type in iopanel, you'll find us. Or just go straight to our website, iopanelpodcast.com, and all the links to subscribe are over on the right-hand side. Uh, send us any emails, feedback, comments, questions to feedback at iopanelpodcast.com. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Take a moment right here Feeling like a gear Driving towards the sun With a rose and a gun Feel the wind in my hair Going nowhere I swear Lying out on the run Dangerous but it's so fun Running, running
To my boss that I'm done Had no luck with my mom Say what will you do with your life You know it's hard to survive A cigar in my mouth Maybe guilty but proud 